0: Congratulations, your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you.
3: Searching for a replacement window online? Visit
0: windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and (laughs) Laurenitis.
3: God almighty, you think you're prepared. And then you hear them, and I, you get chills. I'm a man of 43s, and yeah, it happens. Baby. It just, I knew we knew they were coming. It's a wonderful tradition of this program. You know the bells are coming, and then you hear them, and you can't help yourself.
4: Yeah, yeah. Gosh, it's great. From, 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 and from reports from our guy Chopper, it seems like Bobby's ready to play tonight. I guess he sets <laughs> up. In? I'm not there, but I, he told me that he sets up bands and gets a workout in commercial breaks, and it was actually like sweating. Well. My and look, guy and the bells are
3: playing. You never know when your number's called.
4: I can't deal. I can't deal. <laughs> rock and rock. We've missed the opportunity. We've missed the opportunity. Hey, you know what's even better? Go is when you're in Piscataway, New Jersey. Yeah. And last night you're out to dinner and you know the the remnants of Hurricane Ida come through and it oh, starts that's downpouring. Right. Downpouring, downpouring at the rate of three inches an hour. Um and then when you're at dinner at a lovely place here in New Brunswick called um Salt Seafood and Oyster Bar. Um and you get a lovely uh horseradish crusted black grouper. Sure you do. On top of some potatoes and broccolini, you know, and a uh, that sounds a delicious. nice glass of French wine and you're enjoying yourself and then everyone's emergency alert uh, on their phone starts going off at least five times during the the hour we are there. And it's because there was a flash flood warning, national yeah. emergency tornado watch to a tornado warning, tornado touchdown fifteen miles southwest of where we are. Um, Man, so that's, that's right you're in the thick of it. In the thick of it and then you wake up this morning you're like, "Oh, sunny, beautiful. Let's go. Let's kick off the the season, you know? I'll go down, I get a nice little I didn't work out this morning because of uh I had first things first um at 8:10, so I didn't want to, you know, push it and so, rush yeah, it and yeah. all that. So I was like, "You know what? I, I got I think I'm done at noon. I got about 3 hours before I'll drive over to uh SHI Stadium. I'll work out in the afternoon, you know? There get you a go. nice big breakfast and crush a workout, get lunch and maybe watch a little bit of Iowa uh press conference stuff before I fly there and then I look out my window um about an hour ago and I see ooh well the river that flows gosh the water is about 50 feet up on the banks over the docks and everything and then I you know I go back and do my interview and then I turn back and I hear sirens and oh gosh yeah now it's starting to creep up over the the barrier there on the highway and then you look back and then now oh gosh now both lanes are covered and then you look back, and you're like, this water is still rising. And then you look at articles that say, Rutgers Dame in jeopardy due to safety of flooding. And you're thinking, gosh, did I do all this studying and fly to New Brunswick oh to my just gosh. fly out tomorrow morning to Iowa? And, uh, you know, so this is a... Uh, that's your day. Yeah.
3: That's how your yeah, night That's went. my
4: day today. So just wow. hurry up and wait. Sit here. Um, doesn't well, change it, anything, to be it's, honest.
3: It's interesting. So, it's it, that Maybe this speaks to how little that I... Categorize Rutgers as New York, but obviously I'd seen the stuff from the U.S. Open, um, and yep. I'd seen the water in New York, and I'd seen you know bro- you know I- images of Brooklyn underwater and streets as rivers, and I, you just I didn't you don't you th- I just assumed it was so- far enough south uh, that it would it would be clear. So that's crazy. Yep. That is uh yep. yeah that's quite the weather impact you had. We it is it is game day. Uh, and there yep. will be no floods in Minnesota. Uh, that's it's one thing that they don't have. They're not going to have uh, hurricanes. They're not going to have tornadoes. You're safe there uh, tonight in the Twin Cities as the Buckeyes take on Minnesota. It's funny when you hear uh, when I uh, aside from legitimately getting chills when I hear Hell's Bells and I hear the bells right. toll. Uh, you can't help it, um, and you do get for me. I do get these images that flash through my mind of of various moments uh in, in history, you immediately are taken back. And that is the beauty, I think, of college football, is that it yeah. is generational and that it is secular and it is there is a, a hundred plus years of scarlet and gray history that you can lean upon. And the beautiful thing and, and how blessed we are is and, and you can do this. You can play this game. I was playing this game this morning with the boys and I was thinking about uh, you can almost just either name, either just give first names or nicknames at various coat. At you want to use head coach, fine. Woody Tress Herbs. Now mm-hmm. Ryan Day, right? You can you you can do it. it. It instantly brings you back. You can do it at quarterback with Rex to Troy to Dwayne to Justin. Is CJ next? Is he the next yeah. one there? You think about running back. My God, Archie Eddie Zeke J K. Is Travion the next guy? Is mm-hmm. he going to have a night tonight yep. like Mo Claret had? Is he yeah. gonna have that type of night? Is he gosh, gonna have you that can, type? You really of can welcome? do nicknames.
4: Beanie Boom. Oh, you yeah. can do it forever. You could. Yeah.
3: Look at linebacker. My gosh, Gratishar, Kuzino, Spiels, Hawk, Shazier, Lornitis. I mean, there's who's next? Who's who can come out of that room and be next? You can do it at receiver. Never receive. heard of Lornitis
4: kid. Before. Some kid,
3: three star kid, barely made it. Uh, you, you think about the defensive backs. You think about receiver. You think about offensive line. This offensive line, we are so blessed. Ohio State football is perpetual. It's next man up, and it's been this way. We've never had a miss in a coaching hire. We've it, The standard has remained, and yep. with that comes incredible pressure. Incredible pressure. And the damnedest thing about it is every one of you guys has been up to it. Yep. You've all been up to it. Yep. I, and I don't know how you played. How do you explain that? How do you explain that for 50 years, we're good. We got next. How yep. the hell does that happen? That doesn't happen yeah. anywhere else in college football.
4: Yeah, it's it's um, the inherent peer pressure, right, to perform. I just remember walking into the into Ohio uh, or into Ohio State into the Woody and kind of saying, "You sit down on the wall." And, and I don't know if they're still there. I don't even know if they still do this, to be honest. But the team meeting room, they had like the creeds of every um, silver bullet defense. It's kind of like a mission statement. Yeah. You know, so you walk in the team meeting room and you see they had uh, the jerseys framed of most of the NFL guys that were currently in the league that played defense at Ohio State. And so you saw the greatness there. And then you saw these these creeds. And so when it's 05, I walk in and you see the actual mission statement of the 02 team, you know, and what they wanted to be about, what they wanted to be known for. And then you say, my goodness, um, I got to uphold that standard. Yeah, I'm stepping into that, and then you hear that your coach was part of the reason why Silver Bullets came about, you know, and um, just kind of the nickname and all of that and Vrabes, and you're like, "What are we talking about?" Like, yeah, that is such a layer of pressure. I mean, like you don't feel it as pressure, but it's a, I say it, it's a motivating standard. Like it's a realization of holy smokes, you know what I gotta. Uphold here, you know what I gotta be into and responsibility that I have, and um and every once in a while you get some guys who just don't get it, you know can't get rights, everybody's got' them. um the thing that we've been really fortunate for is that we've had very few right we haven't Before. had any of the words taken over a program, and just the unbelievable coaching prowess that has that has respected it like i I was fortunate because tress made us learn about it all urban made people learn about it all. I'm assuming Ryan is the same thing making you learn about it all. So it's a standard, it's a way of doing things and the competition, the brotherhood is so real and then from the very first, you know, time you're there you feel like there are guys there that are that are invested in making you great. And it's just a it's a deep deep layer and it's I mean, it's anybody that you meet, you know? Like I never felt any um like, if I had a question, honestly, if you had to weave through all the joking around, like, Bob would answer anything that I had, right? Yeah, Schlags would answer any question that I had. AJ would answer any question that I had. Um, there, You know, there's never... It was such a, a brotherhood and a standard. And then you do the same thing for the next wave. And it, it's special, man. It's just special. It's hard to sum up. It's hard to summarize and really think about. But uh, it's just... We've been very fortunate... As you look at the landscape of of college football, where we are, never to have those massive hiccups and and dips, and, and here we are.
3: And every season, it's like opening up a new book. Yeah. And unlike some of the other places, most every other place, and there's not another place in the country that's had this type of run that we've had. Yeah. There isn't. It doesn't exist.
4: Doesn't exist. You go back. Yeah, I mean, we talk about he, the decades long, right? Yeah, there's nobody.
3: Everyone has dips. Everyone has a relevancy. Oklahoma yep. was irrelevant for large parts of the 90s. Alabama was irrelevant for the early 2000s. Uh, Clemson was Clemsoning. Um, Miami has come and gone. Florida State comes and goes. Nebraska comes and goes. We are the constant. Ohio State football is the constant. Michigan gone. Yeah. We're the, yep. Notre Dame comes and goes. Yeah, we're the constant. It's, it is a perpetual greatness that comes out of the program that year after year after year after year, and even a down year for us. I mean, you got to go back, you got to go, you got to go back to the eighties to even find time where there were three losses and Earl still beat Michigan most of the time. Yep. You know, he still beat Michigan and, yep. and, and that, but I mean, there's, there's just, we haven't had that. And so it's, it's opening a new book every year with the, be, not only belief, but the certainty that the book will deliver. It's going to yeah. be a great book. Yeah, there are new characters that we are going to meet this season, and we're just as excited as you are because we don't have, we don't have an access to this. We don't have preseason football. We haven't seen. You've been at practice. I know Bob's been at practice. You get practice reports, but you Bob's know you hear whispers. Practice. Bob is practicing. Well, he's practicing. I mean, we about team. Bob is out
2: there.
4: <laughs> Who's this kid? Who is that? He's who is Moe that? Ibrahim. Who's forty two? <laughs> huh? What? What do you mean? Name's Rob. Bobby, is you? Get off the field! No. Yeah.
3: God love him. The um, but, but you don't know who this. Is. You hear whispers about Travion Henderson. Yeah, you hear whispers. You hear
4: whispers about you Jackson. Got little, Smith you got and crows Jigba. everywhere.
3: You yeah, know. you got little guys. You, you hear these little whispers about about guys who are starting to do, but then you don't know, and then they're yeah. introduced and they burst on the scene and we've had a lot of guys burst on the scene. And that's how that's that's how you become a legend. That's how you write your name in the history of the program. And it's a yeah. tough legend, it's a tough history to get into. The standards yeah. are pretty high. Yeah. And yeah. it all starts tonight. It all starts yep. tonight for this Buckeye team at Minnesota. It's a great opener, guys. It's an awesome yeah. opener. It's a road Big 10 game. It's a team that you're it's an opponent that is fired up for it. It's an opponent that's got some offensive firepower. It ought to have your attention. You'll have the national stage to yourself tonight. And that's a pretty cool thing. And for the next 24, 48 hours, this will be the conversation place, is what happens tonight. Because you're a contender, and you're judged on every single moment, and it all starts tonight. And there's a lot to get into with this team. Um, and there's a lot of things that you want to talk about, you, we, and we will do that over the course of the next three hours. This is this is Buckeye Football Central, and we'll get you set for Minnesota for the next three. When Ohio State has the ball, what was what was it going to look like? Mm. Who needs to step up on the back end? You sent me a text mm. last night. I had no idea we were yeah. as bad defensively a year ago as we were historically. Yeah. Historic. There's no point a reference on it. We'll go behind enemy lines with Ryan Burns on Minnesota. What can expect for them? Uh, that's coming up at 10:30. Lee Maurice at 11:30. Uh, we will play a little. It's that time, kids. We'll play a little. Uh, know the scores at 11 o'clock. We get you three things to a Buckeye victory. It is a Buckeye game day. This is Bishop and Laurenitis, and we're off and running right here on the Fan,
0: the only workplace in America to participate in the doorknob fart game, and we also play office basketball and sometimes do radio. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. A show that knows its limitations. They'll learn to control that. You're listening to Bishop and
3: Laurenitis. And Bo Bishop here for my friends at Neighborhood Lender. Mortgage rates have plummeted. They are at the lows of the year. Your home value, I know you've looked, the highs of the year. Time to take advantage of this situation with my friends at Neighborhood Lender. You can refinance now with Neighborhood Lender. In fact... Pay zero closing costs. Even skip your next couple of house payments altogether. They do this at Neighborhood Lender. Make refinancing easy. All digital, super fast platform. There's no paperwork, no junk fees, no big bank hassle either. You can refinance right now. Staying the rate of your life. Lower your house payment and no closing costs. Or you can refinance, get cash out of your home's equity. People getting forty, fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 out of their home, paying off debt, putting it back into their house to increase their investment's value. You need to act now, though. Get a better loan, get cash out, lower your payment, pay zero in closing costs, and skip your next house payment altogether. Call Neighborhood Lender today. 614-882-LOAN. That is 614-882-LOAN. NeighborhoodLender.com. 614-882-LOAN. It's an equal housing lender. NMLS, 69349. Not all loans apply for no closing cost option subject to lender approval. We always uh, do something on this show as long as this is our fourth season doing this, my friend, and, and yeah. whether it's the, the Bengals or the Browns or the Buckeye basketball team or the Blue Jackets, you set expectations and you say, all right, what's the minimum requirement for success? Mm. What's that level? For generations around here, it was beat Michigan. Yeah. It was beat Michigan. Then it was beat Michigan, win the Big Ten because those things kind of walked hand in hand, right? Okay, yeah. Um, for the last... Really, since Urban's been here, mm-hmm. it's beat Michigan, win the Big Ten, win the Natty. That's probably unfair.
4: That's yeah. probably unfair to say go winner.
3: It's not. Win. It's it's
4: not, not, it's not no. No, no. Ryan Day knows what it. Is. You heard his initial comment. What What do you think about? Listen, I know that you got to beat your rival and then beat everybody else. Those are the goals. <laughs> this is Ohio State. It's not I mean. It's not fair. Well, like you won't be on the hot to seat that, if you're though, ten and right? two, ten and two, ten and two. Like. The reality of Ohio State is nine and three, twice in a row. Will get you on a hot seat.
3: I don't even so, know how we would handle nine and three. It's been so damn long since we've had it. That's so true. I mean, wait I mean, so until you, a- you
4: hear some of the stats that I have on this damn, on this game. It is, it is um, outrageous. Like when you look at, I'll, I'll just, I'll list them off here. Thanks to courtesy of my guy over, Harold over at the, uh, the Big Ten Network. Um, let me let me dive into this for you, okay? Most appearances in the AP poll, this is, goes to the, spo- the spoiling of Ohio State, right? 68, okay? Lead the nation. Next closest, 63, is Oklahoma. Most consecutive appearances in the preseason AP poll, we have 33. You want to know what the next next closest is? How close do you think the next closest is? It's Oklahoma, but how close do you think it is? We have 33 consecutive appearances. Uh,
3: I'd say they're probably like... You know, 15 or 20. Matt, they're probably 20.
4: 22. Good job out of you.
3: Yeah, because it was right when Stoops got there, because it was bad yeah. before he got there. Yep.
4: Longest Big Ten. This is where I think that the dominance of expectations with Ryan Day is, is real. And you have to start really wondering as you look out over the landscape of the Big Ten yeah. is this possible? So the current longest Big Ten win streak, we have it, right? Obviously. In conference play is at 18 games, all right? That's fourth best all time. 19, uh, Michigan, 90 to 92 is there. The next two is our group from 05 to 07. Shout out to those Buckeyes. 20 in a row, Okay. Before we lost to Illinois, which still pisses me off because it was a fumble on the four yard line that Dufresne fumbled into the end zone. That's touchback, and then we go up 14 0. The whole thing feels different. But instead, I'm chasing around, you know, Juice Williams and Richard Mendenhall in a tight game because the refs can't blow the buzzer. Anyway, I'm not better. 2012 (laughs) to 2015 Buckeyes, all right? 2012 to 15, 30 straight Big Ten games. When you look at our schedule, I bring all that up to think. When, when do we lose a Big Ten game? Is the last one we lost Purdue? I think the last one we lost is is Purdue. That was 2018, right? Yeah, that was yeah. 2018. Yeah,
3: that yeah. was it. So, so when do we lose again? Whenever that is. I mean, you haven't lost a Big Ten game since. Because when Ryan Day lost. took
4: over, I had people tell me that are in that building that said, hey, those Iowas and Purdue's, no matter how good Urban was, but that they won't happen again. And I remember hearing that being like, well, what's that supposed to mean? Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, like it was, it was an right. attention to detail. And they said it wasn't because Urban didn't pay attention to him or didn't know it, but the attention to detail out of coach day was just on a different, it was just different, you know? And, and honestly, as we've with gone him, through two seasons he even scares coach. It, it is, I mean, it's just beat down after beat down, can't after even beat deal. down. I can't even deal. He can't even my, so my, my best friend from high school, Dominique Barber, just texts me just a boat, just a, the canoe emoji. Oh, he's rowing. And I, I can that he can't even say that. Not with a straight face. He said, face, "Give man. me the spread. Let's bet a bottle of crown. Come on, bro. For <laughs> one, one thing, go higher with the with the bourbon choice. Okay, not that I'm against crown, but let's go higher. Two points. <sighs>
3: <laughs> no,
4: Where's I mean the stats? that. I had, I had stats on Coach Day, which here it is. Well, he's 23 and two. He's 15 and 0 in the Big Ten. 15 and he's 0 in the Big Ten. To he's and to points and per it. game? Points per game in the Big Ten. I think he's got 48.1. I was going to say close to 50. Let's points play per guess game the, differential. You, let's,
3: let's play guess the stats. Okay. You give guess me the, the thing stats. and I'll see. All says, right. go, I would have said 50 on the on the points per game in Big okay. Ten play. What do you think that points per game
4: differential is? I'm going to go 21.2. 32.4. Jeez. Gosh. Yards per game. Total yards per game oh, in Big Ten play. Oh, my gosh.
3: 545. 538. Wow. 20. Good job out of me. Twenty point wins, last one. Twenty point wins. Twenty point wins. Um, well, how many? Can He's you tell me? It's and fifteen and
4: zero. Okay. So how so many of those been my 20, twenty point points.
3: games? I'm going to go
4: 11. 12. God, look at you. You're dialed in. It's dominance, brother. It's game day. It's game day. Right, You're you dialed focus. in. Lock it up. You lock it up. That's right. <laughs> that's
3: where we're at. You got to have a focus. It's a stinking Buckeye game day. You know, act accordingly. Yeah. Look, this is it. And so that's why. This is why these have become. That's why these seasons they are fun. They just aren't that interesting. <laughs> they're no, not. So they're it's not. our job here. What what we're doing here, and, and this is where, you know, where we are with this program, is yeah. I'm dialed in. But guess what else I'm dialed into this weekend? Clemson, Georgia, of course, Bama, of course, whoever else, Oklahoma, yeah. LSU. That's where my attention will be. Why?
4: Because that's who you're judged against. You want to watch there close football There are no peers games? in this league. There <laughs> are no peers. you want no to watch close football peers. games, watch Penn State-Wisconsin. Right? Yeah, I'm not but saying they're not peers. Elite football. No, but I'm saying if you want to watch a close college football game, yeah, watch a that. a good one. Yeah. Don't watch us. Here's here's what is, what is concerning, right? So people that aren't following Ohio State as closely, right? Say you're a news person in West Lafayette and you're like, oh, Ohio State has a new cornerback. This is, yeah. you're like you don't really understand We are by far the favorites tonight, and for the Big Ten title. Minnesota has the second most production returning out of Big Ten teams. 89%. Rutgers is 92%. Rutgers has all 11 starters on offense back, 9 out of the 11 on defense. I literally, I could have taken my board from Nebraska last year in the Champions Week and just copy-pasted, and it's the same guys. They have, oddly enough, three Temple transfers that play on their, their roster, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So... Minnesota has 89 percent of their cats back. Ohio State second fewest, only to Northwestern. Half of our production is gone, and it's not even close. New quarterback, all new linebackers, new guys here and there. Eh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't new running matter. back, new starting no. running back. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. No. Like there is matter. no like there is there are certain things tonight as we get into when we have the ball, when they have the ball, all that stuff to where you say, oh look at this, but like this is where we start have to we have to start nitpicking and trying to project out. And that's what I said this morning on first things first. Like what are some of the issues that we'll see tonight against an inferior opponent talent wise to where you try to imagine if that's Marvin Mims at Oklahoma, yeah. if that's Mechie at Alabama, if that's uh why am I blanking on the dude's name? Ross and Clemson. Yeah, If Justin that's Ross. one of those players and then the, the rest of their guess what? Wide out two, three, four are exponentially better than Minnesota's two, three, four. Number one's fine, but two, three. If we have problems with this, then you have to assume you'll have problems, right? So we're trying to, we're trying to literally forecast into the college football playoff already, and it is yeah. September second, and we haven't kicked off yet, right? And that's what's that's what's
3: happened. That is Urban started it, Ryan's continued it. Uh, all the eye guys, as we call them, Pantoni, Voltolini, Marotti, like they have perpetuated it they have built a machine that is so when i hear people talk about the questions about this program you're 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 quite the questions that that this team has and there are some defensively absolutely there's questions you're going to have a drop off a quarterback you're not going to go from justin Fields, who i think is the best quarterback to ever play here are you sure you're not gonna, well maybe <laughs> we not in production that? didn't we say this well maybe Justin's not in production snap? no you're right but it, in in I production know. maybe not but i, know. I don't know i know yeah, who knows? I, yeah, you're right. It's a good it's a very valid point. Are we? Yeah. Are you? In fact you may be yeah. better at certain spots. So it th- that's the thing that makes this so tricky
4: is your stats. So when you of get the back last to- Ohio State um the last four Ohio State debuts at quarterback, JT Barrett was eighty percent for two hundred and seventy six total yards, two touchdowns, pick versus Navy. That's the worst. Cardell yeah, Jones well. in fifteen 286 total yards, 3 touchdowns, pick against Virginia Tech. That might, you know, uh, that might be the- Dwayne Haskins goes 73%, 313 pass yards, 5 touchdowns, interception versus Oregon State. Justin Fields 72%, 300 total yards, 5 touchdowns versus FAU. Yeah. So we keep saying like, ah, oh, we can't have the next the next the next. It's gotten better and better and better. <laughs> it has.
3: It has. Yeah, it has. And so when you when you get to team expectations, you say the expectations for me are Win every game you play, make the college football playoff. Yep. If you lose in the college football, I, I'm, with the college football playoff, I'm kind of like, unless you have that year where you feel like you've got the team, like we, I felt you had two years ago going into it when you lost to Clemson with the 10 things that had to go wrong. Um, but even still, I don't, that LSU team may have been one of the greatest teams of all time. So you don't know if that would have happened or not. Um, last year was such a difficult year, but you don't lose until you play a, a Bama team. That is historic in its talent. So this is a more wide open year in college football. There is yep. no Bama out there waiting, but I mean, Bama's waiting, but they're not what they were a year ago. They don't have two first round wide receivers who are going to be in the draft. We have the two first round wide receivers, you
5: That's know,
3: right. Trevor Lawrence isn't at Clemson. LSU doesn't have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin yep. Jefferson and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like college football is pretty open this year. So when I hear people yep. talk about Oklahoma, I go, wait a sec, you sure? Yep. You sure? I mean, let's remember Oklahoma at the end of last year. I mean, where are they getting all the juice
4: for Oklahoma? They they didn't they beat, Florida beat Florida in a bowl game. They but Florida, Florida didn't even play the their guys. Game. It's because they Florida, Florida treated it like a spring game. They only beat Iowa State by six. They lost to him by a touchdown on the road in the regular season. I am? and Spencer Rattler to start right. the year had six turnovers in ten quarters and got benched against Texas. So that's, it's a little bit what of what I'm Spencer saying. are you getting?
3: Well, right. And I th- why not us? Why not us? We're going to be in the mix. And that's the expectation. That's the same. Who's standard. got it better
4: than us? Nobody? Or is
3: that Nobody. somebody else? Well, know. somebody said it. It just didn't apply. Used to say um, it. You'll hear from, <laughs> yeah, probably already pushed the chips in on that. Uh, you'll hear from some of the guys who are going to hit the field tonight, uh, up in, up in Minnesota with a chance to, to set their own legacy. We will get into that. You'll hear from some guys, Roger Mitchell, uh, Nicholas Petit Ferrer, Zach Harrison. You'll hear from all of them. Kerry Combs got to get this defense up and running, we, we'll talk about this in, in terms of the matchup. I didn't realize how bad it was a year ago. So lots to get to on that front. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan.
0: The best soccer team in the land lives on the best radio station in the land. Proud to be your flagship home for the Columbus crew all season long. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. It's Bishop and Laurinaitis' What's Up? What's up man? For
1: Sponsored by your Central Ohio Honda dealers. All right. Here's what's
3: up on a game day Thursday edition of the program. Buckeyes at Minnesota tonight. You can listen to it right here on the fan, of course. Um, this will. This is obviously a very big one for Minnesota. Not from the standpoint. I don't know that anybody up there's like, oh yeah, let's go beat Ohio State. I'm, although I'm sure PJ is rowing the boat in that direction and trying to make him believe Hart, it. Yeah. And I, you know, he is he is a one man culture machine. You know his. his his kids do buy into it. I don't know if it's something that's sustainable over a long time, but he—they'll be ready. I—I I, I do think yeah. they'll be ready tonight, and I do think they'll be playing with their hair on fire. The—the um, the question is, how do you respond to all of that? Taraja Mitchell was asked yesterday about playing in front of the Minnesota fans on the road to open the season.
5: It's not something we got to think about because uh, at Ohio State we kind of bring our own juice. So regardless where his fans are not, we—we we bring our own juice. The energy is going to be high regardless. So. I um, just having fans, I mean, it's a, it's a blessing to be able to play in front of fans because obviously they haven't seen us in a long time. They haven't seen us play in person. So when we get the opportunity, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Well,
3: you don't, I didn't even think about that until he's, till I heard him say it in the soundbite that you played to empty houses last year. Yeah. Largely. I mean, yeah. minimum crowds. Yeah. I mean, the roar, I yeah, mean, man. you're going to get that. They'll, you'll get that juice back. You can bring all, you can talk about bringing all the juice you want, but there's a little mm-hmm. different juice when you talk about 60,000 people. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a different, trust me. That's a different energy. I, I like the mindset, right? Like we're not worried about what the, the stadium looks like and, and you know, there's, there's an adjustment from last year, but I think there will be a slight um, settling in for both sides of the ball. You know, there, there's a, there's absolutely a boost you get when you're on the road and you walk out there and people are cussing you out. Yeah. and you're on defense, and you think I cannot wait just to silence this crowd. You know, <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> I cannot wait to silence this crowd, and you know I, that that to me, I, I, sometimes it's more enjoyable playing in a hostile environment on the road. Um, you love playing at home, but it's something about it's our travel roster versus sixty thousand here. You know, and. We're usually, you know, 45,000 because the rest are Buckeyes. We're talking yeah. about. But it is, it's a very interesting, um, it's interesting. You know, you can bring your own juice, but I promise you there will be an extra level of, and we've talked to the coach, I mean, all the t- coaches we've talked to talking about how, how are you going to control the emotions? Yeah. You know, um, of your guys going out there for the first time and really feel, cause your juices are going to be flowing. So, um, Yeah, it's interesting.
3: You you never know how young guys are going to respond with the lights on. You know, that's the thing. I mean, you can prepare and prepare, and you feel like you've been working towards this your whole life, but until the lights are on, you don't know. It's really the perfect opener, I think. I I think it's the perfect. I think these first two games, you couldn't have scripted them better. It's a damn good job out of Gene. I don't think you could have scripted them better than they are. Um, To play this one on a Thursday night in front of everybody – On the road, Big Ten team, guys you know on the opposing team, we'll get into the matchups coming up in the second hour. That checks all the boxes. You're on Big Fox tonight, right? That's a that's a big deal. You have the national stage to yourself. Uh, This will be Joel and Gus, I'm sure, on the Mm -hmm. call uh, calling it. So this is going to have all the feelers. Uh, So you get the stage to yourself. You kick off the college football season. All eyes will be on you. There's no chance that you have any. There's no possibility of sleepwalking, right? Right. So then it goes the other way. How do you harness? How do you take that nervous energy for a positive? How do you – those first couple of hits, how do you let that kind of unwind you a little bit? Those are going to be key things. And then to be able to go 10 days and then get Oregon at home, man, you want your attention. You're going to have it. You're going to have these two games. Your attention ought to be there, and I think it will be. Um, And and I think Minnesota is – I think Minnesota will play really well at the start of this game. I I don't know that they'll have it to to hang for the duration. Uh, I just don't think they have the people to match up. But I think you're going to get a very, very competitive
4: game uh, to start. And I think it's exactly what this team needs. I think it is, too. And and, and there will be challenges yeah. um, that will present themselves tonight. And what I love about these conference games, and I was talking to this uh, with, with Tom Allen yesterday, there is a there's a sense of urgency that is ratcheted up significantly with the idea of conference game week one versus going up against an inferior opponent, right? So there's a, sure. there's also an anxiousness to it because there's no preseason football. There's no get the kinks out yep. kind of thing, the operation out. It's You're live into it, and if your guys are flat for one game, it can alter playoff chances right away but this is a awesome awesome opportunity for Ohio State to be really locked in versus sleepwalking like there's no patting yourself in the back all off season because you know you got a real opponent in front of you and now they'll win comfortably but playing Minnesota is much different than opening up with Tulsa no question
6: yeah yeah it
3: will be and how how do you handle that first bit of adversity these are the things you look forward to tonight when because something will go wrong in the first yep. half, something's going to go wrong. And then how do you respond to that? Uh, yep. If there's an early interception or fumble or a miscue, a blown coverage, how do you respond to that? that that's the stuff championship teams are made of. And, and around here, that's the expectation. And you'll start to see some of that. that that'll happen tonight. There, there will be. I'm sure there will be some adversity tonight in, in this yep. game, in the first half. There will be something that doesn't go your yep. way that goes theirs. And then how do you respond to it? Those are the things you're looking for. Where do, What leaders are emerging? I mean, there are so many things, so many guys that we're going to see for the first time tonight on mm-hmm. this stage. Mm-hmm. So you've been recruited, you've been developed for this, but then how do you respond to it? Are you Are you ready for the stage? Those will be the questions. And it is just one of a slew of exceptional games to kick off college football. College football, the ownership of Labor Day weekend is so comprehensive. I mean, you can just watch football all weekend long, and you're not going to lose. It's spectacular. Uh, we 16 will 16 go-
4: games tonight. Is that real? I mean, I saw her? Is it tonight? Post. Is it si- 16 yeah. games tonight? Eight Friday, full slate Saturday. Yeah, I wish Sunday, there were more you on Notre Sunday. Let's I wish go. there was
3: another one Sunday afternoon, and I wish there was something Monday afternoon. I think that would be cool to give you a little right because there's cause Monday there night
4: isn't. with Ole Miss and Louisville.
3: Yeah, you have night games, but you don't have right. you know you don't have those afternoon yeah. games, which I think would be would be really ideal, yep. especially yep. Monday afternoon would be a really sweet spot to play a game. Yeah. Well, um, You know, before everyone starts to have to get back to work, Uh, we will go over some of the games that you need to be paying attention to that's coming up next. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on The Fan.
0: It opens your mind to stimulating conversation and live sports. And best of all, it still costs zero dollars. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Bo is well groomed. James brings the boom. You are listening to Bishop and Laurenitis.
3: It's almost too much football. (laughs) So many good games. Um, You've got it, Dandy.
4: Indiana, Iowa. Yeah. That's a good one, man. I think Cersei might might – she's forgotten the last two days that I'm actually not just sitting here in a hotel doing nothing. (laughs) She called me yesterday at like 930. She just called me again. You know?
3: I just assume that she listened to everything we said all day long.
4: No, I know she ain't listening. <laughs> Although she does, she listens in the car, but it's still like, yeah, I don't blame her. I mean, you're have right, you had him.
3: that yet, where like one of your neighbor kids hears you, and they um, like, they didn't know before, like they know your voice, or they know, but they don't know. They oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they yeah. they put it in their mind. Mo- oh, your your voice is in my dad's car.
5: Yeah, that's always yeah, a fun yeah. one. Yeah, my yeah. neighbor
3: did uh, recorded sweet little neighbor girl recorded her listening to. To us last week, and yep. and she she was like her mind was blown. It's, she yeah. calls me Mr. Bobo. Is that Mr. Yeah. Bobo? Yep. Oh, how is it? How is your voice coming through? What? Yeah, What's it's a miracle. Um, yeah. look at this man, Penn State at Wisconsin, awesome, awesome. Bama Miami, less awesome, but you want to see what Bama looks like? A lot of new yeah. faces there. What does that look like? Yep. Right. Your game, Indiana Iowa, awesome. Texas. Hosting Louisiana, pretty good. What's it look yep. like with the freshman yep. quarterback uh, for Sark at Texas? You're not getting better than Georgia at Clemson. You're no. not going to get better. That's no. that's an NFL smorgasbord of, of talent there uh, at Georgia and Clemson. Um, that game is being played in Charlotte. I'm curious about LSU at UCLA, Coach. Oh, me too. Pretty curious. I'm curious about what just LSU looks like. What does um, Chip look like now? Quarterback like? back for the third Chipper. year? Zach Charbonnet? Yeah, they smoked Hawaii. It's Hawaii, but they smoked him. Yep. How about Marcus's debut down in Tallahassee
4: against Florida State on Sunday? How beautiful yep. is that? Two coordinators that know each other. The head coach of Florida yep. State was at Memphis, and and they had a, a pretty good day against Cincinnati a couple years ago. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's one where there's something to pay attention to.
3: You mentioned uh, the Ole Miss uh, game on on Monday, so you got you have something every day, and I, I think. When you look at this and you start to go around the country, and we'll do the picks at 11 o'clock, but when you start to go around the country and you're curious, what does Clemson look like, really? Yeah. You know, you hear about their defense, everybody coming back. Uh, There's no questioning their defense, even though we absolutely motorboated them a year ago. Right. So what do they look like? What, What does Clemson look like defensively against Georgia? Is JT Daniels real? Yeah. Is he a real one? There's a little bit of JT Daniels hype, a little bit of hype machine on JT Daniels. It feels a little bit like Oklahoma to me.
4: Yeah, what's interesting he really is, good? Or I, I'm gonna give you five teams, and you tell me which one is left out here. Okay, Alabama. Yep, Clemson. Okay, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia. Well, I think Georgia's most likely. I think they're Same. gonna I mean, and we'll it's get because I think, jo- I think I think Clemson they lose. can lose. And still go win the ACC, and they'll say, "Oh, they lost at Georgia." Who's going to represent the SEC East? Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I think Georgia
3: could lose twice. Yeah. I mean, I don't know Georgia's schedule after this. I don't know who their crossover games are against in the yeah. SEC East. You know, you know that they're going to play. Obviously, they're going to play Auburn, um, yep. but I'm not sure of the rest of it. But I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I. That's why I mean those four programs. How yeah. many? How many straight conference championships has Oklahoma won? How many straight conference championships has Alabama won? How many straight conference championships has Clemson won? How many straight conference championships have we won? We've won four, right? Yep. So I think everyone's at least won four out of that mix. Yeah. No, it's hard yeah. to find a path. It's, as hard as it is for, to find a path for us not to be in the playoff, it's the same way for Clemson. Yeah. They're going to be there. Yeah, Oklahoma is yeah. a little trickier. I almost said Oklahoma because I think Iowa State's interesting. I do think Iowa State's interesting. Um, and I think Texas might be a little better than what people think. But I still – they're still so more proven, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, no, it feels like it's going to be – and then Bama, it's just – it's almost like you can't even question it. It's a yeah. waste of your time to question their excellence. It it's, doesn't matter who they lose. More guys. So it's
4: interesting because you can see there's one team – in North Carolina, that you say, okay, can they beat Clemson? Iowa State would have to beat Oklahoma twice. Now, they played them really, really tight, but they're at Oklahoma this year. Yeah. Um, even then, like, if they barely be, there's just – I don't know, man. I just have a sense that Georgia's the odd one out. Because if Georgia loses to Clemson and then loses the SEC, they're out. Right? The SEC title game. Um, yeah. But can North Carolina beat – Clemson, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Like, you can find great players on these teams.
3: Doesn't Carolina Iowa State play has Virginia a roster Tech that's tomorrow? Really good. Um, I think Carolina plays Virginia Tech tomorrow, like in the tomorrow after tomorrow evening. Yeah. So you get a look at them. But I mean, they yeah. lost a lot of guys. Right. They lost the both backs. They lost the receiver. Right.
4: They lost a lot of guys. I mean, Howell's there, and they've recruited yeah. well. But they're that's not. That's my point. Think and, then, and then what's the secondary? It's the same thing when we talk about our game tonight. Same thing. It's yeah. And as we get to it later, you'll see all the stats on Muhammad Ibrahim. Right. The bad thing for the Gophers is that our run defense has been stellar. It's been yeah. the pass defense, not not their strength. You know, um, they have a veteran quarterback. I get that, but they don't have Rashad Bateman there anymore. They don't have Tyler Johnson there anymore. Those guys are on Baltimore and Tampa Bay. So you have Chris Ottman Bell, who's fine. I think he was a four-star recruit, but he's never had to be the true X. How will he be when he has all the attention? You know, and it's the program depth, buddy. Nobody's got it. We just did it
3: with Carolina. You can do it with Minnesota. You can have things line up, but then you have to take advantage when they do, and there's only four or five programs that can survive year after year after year and thrive, and that's why the same one's in it. We're lucky that we're one of them. Well, We'll get into that matchup against Minnesota coming up next. When we have the ball, what do we expect it to look like? It's honestly my number one curiosity is what do we look like tonight? Is it tempo? Is it stay in the pocket? Do we spin it around? How much do we run the read option? How much does CJ run? Which back do we yep. use? We'll let, try to answer those questions and give some uh, some idea and how we think it's going to go. Uh, that's coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis, right here in the fan.
0: The classiest show on this station, which isn't saying much. This is
3: Bishop and Laurinaitis. You know, you have it in your in your mind what you think it will look like, um, and and. Offensively. Um, and yeah. you think you have in your mind what you, what Ryan Day wants to be offensively. And I think you do a great job of explaining what that is. And I think it starts at the quarterback. And it's obvious with who he's recruiting. It's the type of player he's recruiting. He wants yep. pocket quarterbacks who yep. can run if they have to. Yep. But he doesn't want that to be who they are. Yep. So if, if you think about what we've been the last couple of years. Now, the the big question here. Is what type of player is CJ? And for that one, I can't help you because we don't know. Right. We've seen some spring game. You called it. Seems You've been into some practices. We've heard some reports about what it could look like. But that's all Mm -hmm. different than an actual game. If you go back to our spring game analysis of Justin Fields, compared to the reality, (laughs) it was quite a bit different. Quite a bit different. So what this looks like... It's as unknown as we've had in a long time around here,
4: because we've never seen this quarterback play. And even, even what it looks like week one, what it hopefully looks like week six are two different things. Like when Justin came out against FAU, he had the long touchdown run. He had five total touchdowns, but I remember being like, "Okay, it's a solid dual threat quarterback. Yeah, you know he's gonna be pretty good." If you were after that game, that he would be as prolific as a pocket passer, right? But you see the growth with Coach Day. The ability to teach and say, hey man, you know, next time do this or this is where the window is here and there. And you saw the growth. So what's exciting for us is hypothetically what we see tonight should be almost the worst we'll see CJ as far as a development standpoint. Or the least I mean it's obviously the least experienced, but the least developed if that makes sense on a trajectory for what Coach Day can do for him. So if he goes out there and has you know four total touchdowns accounted for, you're going to say, all right, all right, here we go. Um, yeah. and, and obviously what does it mean the next one's six touchdowns and the next one's eight because there's different defenses you'll play and that'll be better and all that. But as far as the understanding of the offense, the understanding of the flow, oh, the understanding of Coach Day and how to coach him up in a real live bullet situation yeah. It's one thing when you throw a couple of picks throughout the course of a practice, and it doesn't matter; it doesn't count. Yep, on to the next. What about when you throw two picks in a first half? Which I don't think will happen tonight, but if it happens some point this year, does he get frazzled? Does he not pull the trigger when you say, "Dang it, they're in cover three; both seams are open. You got to throw it." Well, yeah, but last time I threw it late, and no, you got to throw the ball. You know, like what? Yeah, how do you coach him? Does he want the fire? Does he want a little vinegar, or does he want a little bit of sugar? You know what I mean? So. It's it's a it's a learning feeling out process for everybody. Um, I I think that obviously what you see out of CJ is is a a quiet swagger, a calmness to him, a sense of ease to him that I think coach likes. Um, and now we just got to see does that then portray, which I think it will, because everyone you talk to, and we've mentioned Olave coming back, we've we've heard the coaches, different coaches, heartline talk about him his ability to just make throws as well and understand everything. It makes you excited to see what it's about. And this is the best part about college football is the, it's the new name, the new face. Absolutely. And you get excited to see the, the potential because it's sky's the limit. What's possible, especially when you have this head coach and quarterback developer.
3: Yeah, it, it is. It is that it's that, that, that uncertainty, that's unknown. You know, in my mind's eye, I, I think when he, when I think about what I think it will look like tonight, it it kind of the way that I used to play the old NCAA football game, which is give me a quarterback, let's throw it down the field, and then and and he doesn't run. the The run game comes in the second yeah. half, and you get it going. I I think tonight, my hunch tonight is that we're pretty aggressive in the air early. Yep. To get him rolling. I, I think that I think that's the way That's going to... That's in my head. That's the way... I don't know. Because there's so many unknowns I don't know. But I think Ryan Day knows what he's got. I go back to the Alave decision to come back, which told me that Alave knows what he's got. Because he would have yeah. been a first, late first, early two. He knew what CJ was. That's why anytime there was any conversation about the quarterback competition, and it was probably closer at certain times, who knows? I always came back with, Chris Alave saw something. Yeah. What did he see? He yep. saw something in C.J, and so th- what that looks like tonight and how it gets established, I think the 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 keeping the mouths fed at receiver is a fascinating thing, yeah and I don't know yeah. when you go when you go Wilson, alave, Smith, and jigba i don't there, there's nobody in this league obviously that can handle that. There's not probably anybody in the country that can handle that. But if you have the three of them, and then you have those other dudes, you keep hearing good things about Julian Fleming, Marvin Harrison Jr. You keep hearing about these other guys that are behind that they they want to get fed too. How do you
4: feed all those guys? Well, you got to spin it, and they're your you gotta best players. It. You got to call jet sweeps, right? Yeah. If I'm if I'm Ryan Day and we're marching on a first fifteen, you know, how can I throw a bubble to Jackson Smith and Jigba right away? Just give it a quick slant to Olave. Get your quarterback in rhythm. How about a jet sweep to Garrett Wilson? Boom! All three of your guys touch the ball, and then feed you know Henderson. Then fatigue. Then you know. And then boom! Play action shot. Olave six. You know, like it's an idea. How, so my three dudes, like everyone's touched the ball a little bit, um, but yeah. And, and so it's it's very uh, it's very interesting how this all kind of how he's going to go about doing it, but you have ways, there are so many ways you can just, and again, remember like the little shovel passes that like Herbs used to do? You can oh yeah, it, we haven't seen it, those. Pushes. Yeah, yep. like something, just, just get those things, um, those things, just look at the ball in their hands, you know?
3: Yeah, I, I'm curious if there, if if, this, if we will be a tempo team, if we'll play fast, um if that's something that we emphasize this year as it goes along, the evolution of this offense is fascinating. you, you the thing that you have this certainty of and, and that 's why you ought to feel so so confident going into tonight in the season, your offensive line it's as good as any in the country you've got road graders, man, yeah. big road graders. You can do this a lot of different ways I, I'm fascinated to see the carry totals at, at running back i'm curious who gets it first, who gets it second. What that looks like, I mean, Master Teague's a dude. Mayan Williams yeah. is a dude, and all we yeah. hear about is Travion Henderson. So, how yeah. does that? What does that look like back yeah. there? You can't, you can't feed them all, yeah. right? So, so what does that look? Are we a running back by committee team? And that this stuff, folks, will evolve over the course yeah. of the season. All of these questions are going to evolve over the course of the season, and you're going to have a couple of big time get right games after you get through these first two. Where you get a lot of people can get touches and get involved. You know you're going to smoke a couple of those. You got Akron, Tulsa. You that forget it. Um, but but for tonight, I, my hunch is that what this will come down to is trust. Yep. It's going to be trust. What does Ryan Day trust his offense to do? What does he trust CJ Stroud to do? I think you hit exactly what you want to do. You basically scripted. I think the first seven plays, right? Slants, bubbles, jets. Play action, yeah. Simple reads, right? Th- that's yep. that's probably what you get to go early, and then you start to unpack it. The good news, there's so much good news. Obviously, with with all of the talent, I don't know that Minnesota defensively, pal, has is going to have much resistance. Minnesota's solid offensively. They got a big offensive line. We'll get to their quarterback when they have the ball and the questions. And I think that other matchup is the one where there's legitimate questions. I just don't know if Minnesota defensively. I don't think they got the horses to offer much resistance in this
2: one.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think so as well. Um when you look at their defense, Minnesota's defense is is not um the kind of unit that you have to really stress about. You know what I mean? And when I I'm going to pull up some stats here uh, as we're talking about our offense versus their defense. Yeah. Um And obviously the the balance that we can present, we're a full day. What do you want to do? You want to stop the pass? Okay, then we're going to run the football. You want to stop the run? Then we have one-on-ones on on the outside. Like That's a full day. As a D coordinator looking at the offense, that's a full day. Um, So as I'm scrolling down here trying to find the, the woes of Minnesota's defense, so last year they allowed 30 points per game. That was their average. 207 yeah. rushing yards per game, 208 passing yards per game. Um, 415 total yards per game. I mean, That's phew, what we're we talking about. They don't live in the backfield. They had the fewest tackles for loss amongst per game amongst any FBS team, right? So Minnesota was not able to live in the backfield. Um, and so they struggled. Uh, they were allowing 6.3 yards per rush. So it makes you feel... Okay, we're going to be able to basically run the ball at will with our O line, and then that <laughs> you get the attention of the safeties and the play action pass deep is wide open. You know, so they're veteran
3: all in the back end. They're veteran. I mean, they're probably yep. going mean, to. They'll probably have four four seniors in the nickel and yep. the junior tight end Newbin. That's it, or the junior safety Newbin. That's it. Beyond that, it's all seniors. It's all yep. seniors. Um, yep. So for them. I mean, this is this. There's a potential. This is a. It's a big moment for them. Their place at home, hosting Ohio State. It's their biggest moment since they had Game Day, yep. for sure. National yep. TV. I mean, when's the last time Minnesota's on national TV?
4: Oh man. I don't know. All
3: to themselves. So I don't even. I mean, even I don't think know. about that from that perspective. Was
4: it was it last year against Michigan? weren't they on Was all that, of that a Fox game? Wasn't that the kickoff?
3: Yeah, I remember that. I can't remember if that was a Friday. I can't remember when that game was played. Yeah, yeah. And isn't it funny how when you when I I don't know if you're this way, pal, but when I look back on last season, there's so much that I forget. I remember the 19 season yeah. far better than I remember the 20 season.
4: I, I mean, I forget because we of didn't how weird it was. I forget we didn't play Maryland. Right.
3: Um, that Illinois night when we're you know yeah. you're flying, you're not flying. Yeah, right. I mean, not playing Maryland, you you forget. So much yeah. of it because I think it was just so weird, um, the season yeah. was. Um, yeah. So,
6: Michigan, point, Minnesota was October 24th last year, which was a Saturday, and that was on ABC.
4: Boom. Okay, so that was a national TV That set. was Herbie. I knew Herbie was on the call, right? Yeah. Yeah, Herbie was on that call.
3: Yeah, that would have been, a, that would have been your primetime opener. Oh, would have my been that. gosh. So, but they got it to themselves here tonight. You know it's what's not amazing, the, Bo?
4: Not the rest. Go ahead. Is, uh, you know, when you study – you do a lot of of work, and then they move your game to Saturday due to a hurricane. And your game just now got you're moved? off the call. Just got moved to Saturday, and so I just got the word from the bosses. You know what? Take the flight to Atlanta to Iowa tonight. Just go. You're off the game. All that studying. Oh of my temple, gosh! All that temple. Rutgers. Oh no! All these stats here. My board oh, was finished. No. Highlighted. <sighs> oh no! Off to Iowa. Tonight. So you go tonight? So you, well, I'm supposed to go in the morning, but I'll fly tonight. Uh, one of your, Atlanta. one of your
3: flights, you're going to be able to watch the game then.
4: Um, how quickly can I'll you get pr- pr- there? You know what? It's funny. I actually got a I got a text, uh, well, Matt's probably listening. Matt, I think I can do the show tomorrow. Um, so <laughs> that's a win. Um, uh, but don't, that's don't, funny. don't quote me on that yet. But yeah. I'm going to, no, I'm still recording it because the flights at. I'll be able to watch in between. Okay. Um, because my first flight, I think, is at five six something.
3: Oh, so you're just going to chill in
4: Jersey? Yeah, drives. Like it usually takes me 35 minutes to get to the airport from here, but now because this one bridge is flooded over the river, okay. I got to go like 35 minutes out of the way to a taller bridge. You know? Yeah, there you go. Well, there you Third have games. it. Breaking Third
3: news games, here on the program. Uh, the other one of the other games tonight. Rutgers Temple
4: moved to Saturday. Moved
3: yep. to Saturday. So there you go. Um, well, that's
4: that's good. Yeah. I mean that's I mean that's not good
3: for you, but it's no I mean
4: nothing like I had a couple games canceled to COVID last year, and then yeah. nothing like uh So look, you and look, Brandon didn't, both go? Uh it was me and Joe Bedanati tonight. Brandon's on the call with me Saturday. So Brandon actually I'll actually end up being on his flight because he lives in Atlanta, which is probably the best place to live for this profession because he can <laughs> yeah. fly anywhere direct. You can fly like he can go to Iowa City, he can fly right no. in the land East Lansing. So you f- you'll fly direct from Atlanta to Iowa City? Yes, to Cedar Rapids, yeah. Or Cedar Rapids, okay. Yeah. Okay,
3: wow! There you go.
4: Here we are, man. There you go. Here we are, starting off with the a like bang, buddy. like week one, you know, week one hiccups brain, all right.
3: The brain cells for that temple, uh, that temple scout that you did, had just gone. The
4: amount of studying I did. Um, well, you'll use Rutgers again, so at least that's all for now. course so well, but I could, buddy. I could have rolled out of bed and done Rutgers. I, I like I said, they <laughs> have twenty out of the twenty-two. They have nineteen starters back. Jeez. So
3: you know I mean, exactly.
4: You know Rutgers football, yeah. Or 20, right. I think, um, Yeah, 20, well, my math was off. Well, I'll
3: yeah. focus on Iowa, then, for you. So that'll be fun. That's a, that's a good game for you. Uh, and and some breaking news here. It's, as the hurricane has impacted uh, that game on the East Coast, the threes is going to call. Will not impact our game tonight. And this next matchup's the one that's interesting. Their offense versus our defense. Mm. Threes sent me a text last night that I had no concept of how bad it was a year ago for us. Um, and that's got to get shorn up. Quickly. And and it will have to by tonight. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on the fan.
0: Always imitated, never duplicated. Your
3: heritage sports talker and flagship home for Ohio State
0: Athletics, the fan. Ohio sports destination. Pretty- Simultaneously passing the eye test, the smell test, and the ear test. Huge win. That's a big one.
4: This is Bishop and Laurenitis. Bishop and Laurenitis, right here on The Fan. And we all know the incredible deals on all Highlanders, Tacomas, Camrys, and all Toyota models. If You're in the market to get yourself a new car. But don't forget, if you want the best deal on your trade-in or even if you just want to sell your car... Jermaine Toyota will buy your car, even if you don't buy one of theirs. Stop by and see my good friends at Jermaine Toyota for a hassle-free, no-strings-attached offer. Whether you are buying, trading in, or selling, make sure you go to Jermaine Toyota, 5711 Scarborough Boulevard, or online, Toyota.net. So as we flip it and we take a look at the Minnesota
3: offense versus our defense, this is where it gets interesting. So you sent me a text yesterday, uh, yesterday evening, talking about our defense and and kinda of where it was. And and oh my gosh, I just got that image you sent of the water.
4: Holy cow. Yeah, that's the highway. It's not it's not great. It's not great. Those people Boy. have been stuck in traffic since like eight fifteen this morning. Not ideal. Boy, no wonder. Yeah. 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 And the bridge crossing it on the other side over here has been closed. Not great. Which is actually quite a tall bridge. But anyway. So last season. Our pass yards per
3: game allowed was the worst in school history. Now it was a smaller sample size, admittedly, yep. uh, but it was the worst in school history. They just accomplished did play,
4: more, you know, in a shorter period. <laughs>
3: right. You did play Clemson and Bama, both of yeah. which can spin it, so that's going to,
4: you know, weigh into yeah. that a li- little bit. But this yeah. was the part that was pretty wild. It was actually by the worst was the 491 passing yards allowed against Indiana. Actually, sure, shot it up. But yes,
3: gosh Almighty, that's hard. To Alabama wrap your head did around. good too. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was the worst by 31 yards per game. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, if you think about, you lost Chase and Jeff Okuda. Yep. All right. So, you lost a first-team All-American corner and one of the best pass rushers. And I mean, he was a Heisman finalist for crying out loud. Um yeah. In in college football history, in in Chase Young. Um, and so you just don't replace. You're not entitled to replace those guys. No. So as you fast forward to this year you do feel pretty dang good about where you are on the defensive line. I mean, you got—you think about Haskell and you think about Zach, you think about the two kids coming in, the two freshmen, um, yep. JTT and Sawyer and uh, Tyrick Smith still there. I mean, it's a ton of talent on the defensive line. But where I think there are still legitimate questions, it's the back seven. Yeah. Because that's going to be a bunch of guys that we've heard about for a long time. We played a clip from Taraja Mitchell from early. We've been hearing about Taraja Mitchell forever. Yep. Yep. Are those guys ready? Because you're going to. You better be tonight. Mm -hmm. Because Mo Ibrahim can play, and Tanner Morgan's a redshirt senior who can play. Yeah. They don't have Bateman, sure, but their offensive line is veteran. They're all seniors. I mean, heck, four of them are redshirt seniors, fifth-year players. Yep. They're big. They're strong, and they're veteran. So this will be. This is the matchup where, where the game will be decided. Not necessarily from the standpoint where. We're going to lose it. I don't think that's in the cards in any way, shape, or form. But this right. is where it gets competitive.
4: Yeah, so we also allowed the most points per game in Ohio State history, slightly slightly more than in 2018, 25.8 uh, points per game. is the highest in Ohio State history. So it's not stuff that you want to – like, 340 yards per game through the air. The last time – I mean, that was 81, was 273.2. Like, to your point, 31 more. Um yards per game. So so not great, but the positive, right? So the 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 positives for me going into tonight is the fact that we were I think six if I'm counting right. Yeah, six in rush defense yards per game allowed last year. Um and we caused a bunch of fumbles. You know, and so there's reason for optimism. I bring up the rush defense because of how good Minnesota is. I think I think it's gone unnoticed i just real quick we're talking about our past defense and how it's, it was it was poor so highest yards per reception by a big 10 players last year chris ottman bell for for minnesota was second in the conference to Jalen naylor at, at michigan state 19.6 uh, yards per reception yeah and he had the one two three four right behind garrett wilson and tied with Olave for for 10 um 20 plus yard receptions by big 10 players last year so Explosive, right? That's one guy though, right? We're yeah. Ohio State. We should have one guy. And if we need a double, they're one guy. Then then you get another set of eyes on him. okay? What's interesting is it's a strength on strength. Our run defense was solid a year ago. Four new linebackers. You expect them to be solid again. I don't think we understand because we're not paying attention to the ghosts. You know, like we're not rowing. But what Muhammad Ibrahim has been at Minnesota. He was second only to Jarrett Patterson last year with 153.7 yards per game yeah. on rushing the, the ball. He has the most in a row, consecutive, eight consecutive 100-yard rushing games. Most of Minnesota history. Uh, he's he's just above Lawrence Maroney. Um, he has the most active consecutive 100-yard gains in all of FBS. He is the um, career rushing yards. He's leading the Big Ten Conference uh, for a career. He is only... Um, he was only last year in a shortened season, right? COVID season. He had 15 rushing touchdowns. Gary Russell in 05 oh, yeah. um, had 18. That's a go for record, 18. It's 18. Marion Barber had 17. Rodney Smith had 16. But this is a shortened COVID season. I'm right. saying all these stats because he has been extremely productive. Mm-hmm. He led the Big Ten last year as far as um, running backs and broken tackles with yep. 22. Um, as a tailback. So, most rushing yards after contact. It's going to be a full day yeah. for the defense on stopping the run. But for us, the positive is that's our strength, right? I just needed to give a little bit of context into what he's done career wise. Because, look, we can, in games like this where we know or assume we're going to win comfortably, it's fun to appreciate somebody and not minimize it because he. He didn't do well against us. Like I don't think Mo Ibrahim's going to have 180 tonight. I think Mo Ibrahim will probably have 70 to 90 yards, right? I think we'll key up on him and stop him. But when I watch that, like you can watch and appreciate that in the history of their school. I mean, he has 31 career uh, rushing touchdowns. I mean, one more he ties Lawrence Maroney. That's a name people remember. Oh yeah. He gets, you know, three more, he's, he's tying Marion Barber, Jr. Uh, he gets four more, he's, he's tying Marion Barber, the third. I mean, if he gets nine touchdowns, that ties Daryl Thompson. And everyone in the Big Ten remembers Daryl Thompson. Yeah. So there's a career accomplishment that I think we can appreciate. You know, if you want to give yourself one other little nugget to watch, you can say, you know what, that, that dude's a good ball player. And yeah. I think that, you know, you'll get to at least see him, and, and he'll be playing on Sundays.
3: I, I'm fascinated to see these linebackers because we saw the same guys for like three years. Me too. And yeah. we're going to get a look at a lot of new faces uh, tonight. So, so Is what the Cody is
4: Simon hype train real? Is Looks it real? The part. Looks the part. Yeah.
3: Is it real? Um yep. From the Gophers' perspective, Ryan Burns will have it for us coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Ha
0: ha. From the coach's mouth to your ear hole. The Kevin Stefanski Show.
2: Presented by Pins Mechanical.
0: Friday night after high school football. The Fan. Big in Montana. And also Minnesota. And everywhere everywhere else too. too. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis.
3: Well, Bishop James Laurinaitis with you here on The Fan on a game day. Buckeyes and Gophers tonight. Let's go behind enemy lines with Ryan Burns on the Bryan Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Publisher... Uh, for the Gophers at 24-7 Sports. Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, all right, from from Minnesota's perspective, give me the fan feeling on this one. Uh, give me the feeling of PJ. How much is he putting into it? Is there juice for this one up there the way that, that you, I think that there probably will be?
1: Absolutely there is. I mean, if you ask the fans, they think they're going to take down the Mighty Buckeyes tonight. So, I mean, there's a lot of optimism around this 2021 team up here. Uh, I know Fleck has a tremendous amount of respect for what Ryan Day is doing with that program. I can't tell you how many times he's told us in the media in the last couple weeks that he thinks this Ohio State wide receiver room specifically is the best in college football. He thinks there's going to be four or five first-rounders that come out of that room when we look back on this thing in, in about three years' time. So there's a lot of excited people. I don't know if it's just that Ohio State's coming to town and you open with the top five opponent at home. Or the fact that the tailgate lot's open at two o'clock today, and there's a lot of people that are excited to tailgate again, get back into the stadium again, and just watch and enjoy college football in person.
4: Ryan, I- I'm wondering, and you know the team better than we do. Uh, d- does Minnesota have the secondary to hold up with that wide receiver run? When I think of the Gophers, you know, offensively, I, I just in the last segment I, w- I went through, and I wanted the people of Columbus to truly appreciate. What Muhammad Ibrahim has done career-wise and, and individually for a season last year at, at Minnesota, but the matchup is the strength of Ohio State's wideouts versus that secondary. Do they have the players to hold up?
1: Uh, personally, from what I saw, I don't think so. But I don't think many people in the secondary this year do. I mean, have a, a great chance to to stop what Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and the rest of those guys in that wide receiver room are going to do. I think it really. I think it comes down to is CJ Stroud going to have three seconds to get rid of the ball or is he going to be able to hold it for five and a half, six seconds? Because yeah. I understand it, you know, it's, it's the first game for him. It's the first collegiate passes. Now he obviously isn't some Joe Schmo. He was a five-star coming out into the 2019 class for a reason. But if CJ Stroud has to get rid of the ball more quickly, I mean, that obviously gives these Gopher cornerbacks and safeties a better chance of being able to hang with them. But if it's going to be five and a half, six seconds where he can sit in the pocket, and be able to look down the field, they're going to be open. I mean, just being able to try and stay with Olave or Wilson for that long, uh, I don't feel optimistic about Minnesota's chances there, but they have a cornerback by the name of Coney Durr who's now in his sixth season. He garnered all Big Ten honorable mention last year, someone that is probably their best guy in coverage. I think you'll see him shift from outside into the slot at times, depending on what Ohio State's trying to do. But it's that other corner spot that was left open by Benjamin St. Juice, who was a third-round draft pick of the Washington football team. How does Minnesota replace him? And I think they're going to try to do it with a culmination of guys. But, again, if they're going to have forever to throw and Stroud can just diagnose and look down the field, it might be a long night for Minnesota.
3: Ryan, on the other side, kind of the strength versus strength matchup, uh, this Minnesota offense. Obviously, they don't have Bateman. They don't have Johnson, but, but as James mentioned, uh, Mo Ibrahim is back. Tanner Morgan is back. Uh, big offensive line and a Buckeye defense that last year, uh, from a pass game perspective was historically as bad as it's ever been at the school. A lot of new faces in the back seven. Obviously, Ohio State has talent, but from the Minnesota perspective, this would be where I think you could make a little bit of hay. What do you think PJ's game plan? What, what's his, What's it got to look like for them to have success tonight offensively?
1: I think it has to be motion and misdirection because those linebackers are going to be inexperienced. They obviously, as you guys know, lost their top four linebackers. Three of them were all conference. And while they're incredibly talented players because Ohio State doesn't have to recruit, they get to select, and that's the beauty of being a Buckeye fan, they're talented, but they're inexperienced. And so what I would do is I'd throw a lot of motion at them, a lot of jet sweep going left to right, Uh, Get them really trying to figure out what's going on and then have the play go one way, have them come back another, because I think, I mean, James, of all people, can, can speak to it. I mean, if you're a step slow because you're not really reading your keys, you're not really diagnosing what's going on in front of you, that's how these offensive linemen for Minnesota, which they're very old, I think they're pretty talented for Minnesota standards, can get in your lap, and that's how Ibrahim can potentially get to the second and third level there. But if I'm the offensive coordinator, that's what I'm doing. Now, I understand that the Ohio State defensive line is very good. I know that Minnesota is very optimistic about their chances on their offensive line this year, especially with the Australian monstrosity that is Daniel Falalele back at six foot eight, three hundred and seventy pounds. Uh, I'll tell you, I've said this a couple times during some radio spots, but you know all these offensive linemen like to wear their shirts up now. And Daniel Falalele, I don't know if it means anything, has got a V on his stomach at three hundred and seventy pounds. <laughs> essentially trying to say he is not out of shape anymore Uh, he is in shape and if he gets his hands on you there's a pretty good chance you're not going anywhere so you have to get the linebackers moving because i think that's the key to tonight is if you can establish something in the running game which is going to be very key for minnesota they just want to be an inside zone team but it, it involves making sure those linebackers are not playing competently
4: Ryan, I'm wondering, I know about Chris Bell, right, and his explosiveness, what he did through the air, the explosive receptions a year ago. Who else may be in that receiving core uh, do you see uh, maybe maybe rising and making some plays with the Ghosts?
1: Well, that's, I mean, Chris Bell is probably the biggest storyline for Minnesota tonight just because we don't know if he's going to play. I mean, he is a true yeah. game-time decision. Fleck said yesterday that, uh, just that, that he is 50-50. Uh, Fleck hasn't come out and said what the injury is. I've heard it's an ankle injury. And so it's going to be about how loose can he get that ankle in warm-ups. Can he get it loose enough to where he can cut? And if not, and if it's too stiff, I mean, that's going to be a big loss for this Minnesota passing offense because it is very inexperienced behind him. They're going to need big games um, or at least you know, contributions from three guys in my mind. Two of them are wide receivers. One was a true freshman last year by the name of Daniel Jackson, uh, someone that I think is going to be in the short to intermediate game. He's going to be a security blanket type for Tanner Morgan, and then a Texas A&M wide receiver transfer by the name of Dalen Wright. Uh, He is freaky. I mean, he is a top 100 overall kid coming out of high school, didn't work out at A&M, he couldn't find the field, so he transfers to Minnesota. And we've seen the flashes. I mean, he's 6'3", incredibly twitchy and incredibly long. And he is the guy that's going to stretch the field for Minnesota. He's not somebody that you want working east-west. He's someone that you want to have a slant and go, someone that can stretch and take the top off the defense. Now, it's also going to be remain to be seen that are they going to use the tight end in the passing game? Because if they are, which I think they should be, I think a kid by the name of Brevin Spanford is someone to keep an eye on tonight. He is incredibly gifted in terms of athletically, but we have not seen the production. He's only got five career catches. He is capable of much more than that. But if Autman Bell is limited or cannot go, Jackson Wright and Spanford are going to need to step up tonight.
3: Ryan, I'll get you out of here on this one, and uh, I'll ask you to play amateur meteorologist. I'm getting all sorts of panic from Buckeye fans that the weather is rolling in. Uh, what, what are we dealing with tonight? Are we going to have? Is it going to be dry, or is, is weather could weather be a factor this evening?
1: <laughs> well, I, I did watch the weather report because so I was curious uh, before yeah. I came on here what was going to happen tonight. It looks like the rain is going to hold off. Uh, you know, it's in western Minnesota right now. I don't pretend to be the meteorologist guy. All I know is from what I've heard this morning, there's a lot of dry air here in the Twin Cities. They don't think the rain's going to get here until hopefully after the game Was is what I've heard. You know, it's cloudy here now as I look out my, uh, my window here in Minneapolis, but I think it's going to be a, a nice night. I mean, I think it's going to be 70 degrees cloudy. Perfect. But again, 70 degrees and cloudy is fine. I think the rain is going to hold off until the, after the game. Maybe it'll start to sprinkle here in the fourth quarter which if it's a close game at that point, boy, well, that'll be interesting. But I think uh, the weather will be just fine for tonight. So for the Buckeye fans that are traveling to Minnesota, I think you will have just, I mean, it'll be a very, very nice night.
3: Wonderful. Great stuff, Ryan. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, that's Ryan Burns, for Publisher for 24-7 Sports. Uh, you see where their optimism is, where their excitement is. We hit thing or not a thing up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan.
0: If you consider yourself a Buckeye fan, you've come to the right place. This is your heritage sports talker and home of Ohio State Athletics, The Fan, fan. Ohio sports destination. Pushing the limit of how many times you can say the word thing in one show.
3: That's the next thing.
0: That is the next thing. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis.
3: And time for a little thing or not a thing. Chopper's here. Hit it, Chops.
0: Bishop and Laurenitis. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance.
6: All right, here we go. On a game day, after the eight athletic directors met this week, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby released a statement that said, in part, quote, future exploration by the group will continue to center on options that best position the long-term strength of the conference. Thing or not a thing?
3: Well, I mean, that's a nonsense statement, but the translation on that is, we need to get to 12. Yeah. fourteen if possible, but we got to get to twelve uh, because we got to have a conference championship game because that's what television partners want. I imagine their call. If I were Bob Bolzby, my calls would be to Cincinnati, Central Florida, BYU, SMU. You want to get to if you want to get to to fourteen, then you can you can add Houston to that mix, and you could yeah. add Memphis. Yeah. but you got to. You got to get to twelve or fourteen, and the last ones. I like. I don't. I know that there's a lot of bad feelings about SMU down there because of what happened thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they have real value.
4: Yeah, yeah, I do too. And uh, there's an opportunity here. It's not. Look, you're, you're never gonna. There's an understanding. You're never going to replace what just left. Yeah. But, but, can you, can you make at least a. A little easier on you, you know. Can you can you try to at least salvage it? Yeah, um, I don't know, but I tell you what, that this would be—it's a step. I would rather have this happen than I think us like add some pretty boring, yeah. you know, same
6: pretty boring teams, yeah. Speaking of nonsense statements, part of what Texas GM Nick Casario had to say about Deshaun Watson yesterday, quote, again, it's a one-step process. Deshaun's been here every day. He's been in training camp every day. He's been in the building. He's been in meetings. He's been around his teammates. We're going to take it one day at a time. I'm not going to get into a lot of speculation about what has happened, what didn't happen. It's a waste of everybody's time, quite frankly. I think there's some important things to talk about. I think there's more important things to talk about. Thing or not a thing?
3: Well, it's an incredible nonsensical statement. Um, There is nothing more important to talk about around that franchise because it's the key to it. You either have a franchise quarterback or the assets that you will get for the trade will be part of how you rebuild the franchise. So that's it. I I think one of the most amazing things is the failure here. And I don't think it's a failure of the NFL. I don't think it's the NFL's job to investigate players. Right, that's law enforcement's job. Right, these allegations have been out here. There are two women on the record for months. Yeah, and we're not going to have a deposition in this until February. Right, that's a failure of the of the law.
4: It's a failure of the system. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. How do I word this? It is a very interesting. Um, if you're the NFL, how do you how do you police it? You know, like it's not you're not very. You're, it's not your job to go out there and try to to play law enforcement and say, ah, no, he's innocent, and the police say he's go. Like it's just it's a messy situation, so you have to wait and see. The fact though that this is just sitting here, he's on their roster as a third string quarterback, is really the only interesting thing. Yeah, about you know about Houston in the Texas organization this season. That's the only interesting storyline. Besides that, they're terrible.
6: ESPN predicted potential surprises for each NFL team this season. For the Bengals, don't be surprised if the offensive line isn't as bad as you think. And for the Browns, don't be surprised if they let Baker Mayfield play out this season without a contract extension. Thing or not a thing?
3: I'd be curious, I'd be very curious to know what the rest of the Bengals' Is that it leads them to believe that the offensive line won't be as bad? Um, I don't think there's not a thing at all on the comment about Baker because I think it's in the best interest of everybody up there for him to play out the season. It's best interest for him, best interest yeah. for the organization. Uh, I think everyone's very comfortable with where they are uh, with Baker and the Browns. But I am curious what leads them to believe the Brown- the Bengals offensive line will be better than they think.
4: I mean, how do you measure it? Yeah. What's the what's the t- statistic? rushing yard sacks. Joe Burrow's not hurt. Joe Burrow upright? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you really measure it uh, for the Bengals. For the Browns, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays it through. Um, no, that wouldn't surprise me.
6: The Warriors are reportedly interested in trading for Ben Simmons, but they are also unsure if Simmons can coexist on a roster that also has Draymond Green because their playing styles are too similar. Thing or not a thing?
3: Well, I mean, it would be a thing. It would allow them to con- to kind of bridge the gap a little bit if if as draymond ages and you could center things around simmons and wiseman they still have him from a year ago um yeah i mean i'd be interested in that and they have a lot of they've accumulated a lot of assets where they could give something back to to the sixers that
4: maybe the sixers would have some interest in i just you're the basketball guy so i mean are they really Sorry. that similar
3: their way they play is their body type isn't obviously um, yeah. Simmons is a better but i mean Draymond kind of plays some point forward for yeah for golden state so they yeah they've kind of i mean the way the article
6: went through it is like they're both guards in forward bodies that don't shoot right
3: yeah mm. that's Simmons is a better creator he's more of a true point guard in that sense he just isn't a, he just can't shoot which is a stunning thing for someone who's been a pro for a long time
6: Last one for you. On Wednesday, the Ravens place wide receivers Rashad Bateman and Miles Boykin on injured reserve. They'll both be eligible to return in week four. Thing or not a thing?
3: Well, I think it's a thing, especially when you act, factor in the J.K. Dobbins injury gone for the year. Ravens could, this could be tough for them. They got a lot of people that that, have, that are banged up now. People that, I mean, Rashad Bateman, I think you counted. It. It's a long season, so it's, you know, on its own, I don't think it's a thing. But over the course of a season, when you factor in Dobbins, you factor yeah. in, you know, kind of a, an an up of weird camp for Lamar Jackson in terms of having COVID and so forth. Could be a little bit of a rocky start for the for the Ravens to start the season.
4: Yeah, you're not going to make the playoffs in the first quarter, but you can be. I mean, you can be well on your way to missing it. And so, uh, first quarter of the season. So I think it's. it's a, it's a they're, they're a team right now. There's a lot of interesting things. Like even when we talk about the vaccination stuff, right? Will Lamar test positive again? And if he right. does. What's that you know do for the room and the team? And so, yeah, there's a there's a whole lot of uh, interesting kind of storylines happening in Baltimore. Yeah, absolutely.
3: All right, final hour on a game day edition of the program. We hit know the scores. We'll pick the games that matter. Uh, is CJ Stroud ready for the moment? The stage certainly set for him. You'll hear his coach on that. His uh, one of his offensive linemen as well, Doug Maurice at the bottom of the hour. Then three things for a Buckeye victory. Final hour up next. Bishopman is right here on the fan.
0: There's only one way to start your day, and that's with the soothing tones of morning juice. Soothing. Weekday mornings at 6. The Fan. Top-shelf conversation from top-shelf gentlemen. That's a pretty emphatic situation. This is Bishop and Morinitis. All
3: right, final hour on a Game Day edition of the program. I know there's been a lot of consternation about uh, the weather, certainly, but you you heard from... uh, I mean, you look on the, it looks like it's late, late evening, you know, 11, 11 uh, yeah. where it could get there. Um, and and what impact will that have? Who knows, man? <laughs> Who knows? The beautiful thing about Ohio State is the offensive line is so good and the backs are so, I mean, it could be heavy dose of Mayan Williams. Just run the damn thing um, yeah. and just, just bowling ball him in there. So, um, there's a lot of ways uh, for Ohio state to be able to handle it maybe maybe it does muddy it up as it goes along but it does seem that for kick at least and through much of the game most likely for much of the game the weather is going to be pristine in in your home state my friend
4: I mean as you would expect this is the only time that you're yeah. going to get pristine weather so enjoy it because winter is coming up there my friend winter is coming Well the last time the last time I
3: was there was when you know JT had the had that run that Felt it was like felt like ninety yards, but it took about a minute and a half. Uh, that banana run that he had that scored and it was yep. the air temp was like twelve, yep, and the uh, the wind chill was well below zero, well, well, well below zero. When the sun went down, then the air temp went down even below zero. So it was you couldn't feel your face. So this is to get Minnesota now. Yeah, I mean this is home run, home yep. run weather uh, for the Buckeyes, and yep. and obviously a perfect opener when you're talking about. Playing at a team that's got some juice, uh, that's got some big-time players on offense. Certainly, that is at night. That's on the stage all by themselves. It's it's going to be really, really. It, it's a hell of a night, and it's a great way to open a season for for this team that is ranked fourth and that yet has these question marks. And you know, we've heard these names defensively. And we'll, we'll get to CJ in a second. We're going to do know, know the scores here in just a second as well. It's the names defensively that we've heard whispered. That I'm that I'm really curious to see what that looks like. Whisper up, you yeah. can't do that, right? Can't you mentioned you know Simon and Young and Eichenberg at linebacker yeah. and uh it could Mitchell, be a game heard, actually. You see, Burke, see quite a else? bit of
4: Tommy Eichenberg with it being a, a if it if it gets into like a twelve personnel Mo Ibrahim downhill run game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Tommy Eichenberg in there. I think he's a base LB that you want to see. And in those kind of situations. Now, I don't think he's on the field yet in nickel situations, um, but we'll see. Yeah, we will. It's going to be fun. We'll get to CJ because obviously
3: uh, that will be where most eyes are on, uh, replacing Justin Fields at quarterback. But for now, time to know the scores. Hit it, Chopper.
0: It's time for Know the Scores on Bishop and Laurinaitis.
2: Sponsored by Legacy Roofing, Ohio's premier commercial roofing company. Yes. All right. Here we
3: historically go. Historically on this front, uh, we have done quite well historically. This is our fourth year doing it. Um, not we not sure, we, we yeah. do these with the you scores. We do these with the scores. So you have yeah. to pay attention to the scores mm-hmm. on this one. Um, yeah. And uh, normally we'll do this on Friday, but because of travel and who knows what's going to happen with you, we do it today. So that's the way we Well, we have
4: to do it today because it turns out that every flight – uh, to Cedar Rapids is full tonight. No. Um, so I'm keeping my itinerary for the morning. And even every <laughs> flight to Chicago, I was like, what about Chicago? It's like a three-hour drive. Just give me to Chi-Town this afternoon, and I'll drive to Iowa City. Um, and no? watch the game tonight. Nope, nothing. Nothing. So anyway, think- I'll watch the Bucks tonight here and wake up at 4 and get to the airport. And have a 45-minute layover in Detroit. You know, probably at one end, take the tram all the way to the other. I don't know if the tram's open due to COVID, so... You know, exciting morning tomorrow. There you go. All right, well, good to know.
6: All right, that'll, that'll be fun for you. Northwestern minus three hosting Michigan State.
4: So,
3: I, I this one surprised me. There's a couple here that I had that I that surprised me a little bit, uh, but this one surprised me for Northwestern. It's a good program. It's at their place. We haven't seen really Michigan. I feel like we haven't seen Michigan State play in like three years. Yeah. Um, but I've seen Northwestern. They're well coached. Uh, they they got a first round. Uh, defensive player who's back. You'll know his name, I don't because I'm not calling Northwestern games. Uh, Hunter Johnson, a quarterback. I know they lost their running Brandon back, Joseph. But I still I still think you're Northwestern. You're at home. Yep. Like you got yep. a program. So give me Northwestern. Uh 24-14. Hmm.
4: I think Northwestern. It's tough, right? Cuz it's Hunter Johnson. We have say, here's why it's a 3-point spread. Um they have the least amount of returning production in the Big Ten, and usually, historically, all the rhetoric out of there is that they're the most talented team they think they've had. Okay, but historically, you don't think of Northwestern as like a depth slash reload team. Yeah, uh, we are, right? Just reload, reload the silver bullets and keep them sure. moving. Sure, they are not historically, so I think that's probably what it is. Um, however, I'm with you. I believe Northwestern wins this game uh,
6: 24-17. Penn State at Wisconsin. The Badgers minus
4: 5.5. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm picking Penn State. I don't know if if they're going to win the game. I don't think talent-wise, this is a, such a tough game because it's like, how do you even judge last year? I would assume Camp Randall is, is rocking. Yeah, is ready. Um, however, I had a friend that went to the Wisconsin-Michigan game there a couple years ago and said that was not full at kickoff. You know, a late arriving crowd. I, it's week one. You hope that they're ready. You know, they didn't have fans last year, that whole deal. Um, I think Penn State Penn State wins the football game. And I'm going to go 35 28 Penn State. This is one with my heart, right? Yeah,
3: I'm a little surprised <laughs> yeah. at how the number is. I'm surprised yeah. that it's five and a half for Wisconsin. Um, yeah, I, I want Penn State to be good. I want them to beat Wisconsin. I want them to beat Auburn. I think they will beat Wisconsin. Um, I think they go up there and get a win. I think it's a great game. I think this game is going to go right down to the wire. Uh, but give me t- Penn State 27, Wisconsin 24.
6: How about West Virginia minus three at Maryland?
3: Listen, I... I have no idea what West Virginia has or doesn't have. I have no idea. I don't even know who the coach is there since Dana Holgerson left. I don't even know who the coach of West Virginia is. Here's what I know. I've been running my mouth about Maryland being scary. And and not necessarily from not for us, but for the rest of the Big Ten East. I know they have talent offensively. I know that they're going to take some risks defensively. It's at home. It's a big game for them in recruiting because they're probably recruiting yep. a lot of the similar players. So I think yep. Loxley's team is ready to go. I think Maryland beats West Virginia.
4: Woo! I think it's a shootout, 41-38. Yeah, same. Same. And to be honest, I think it's actually bigger than that. I think Maryland um, has the skill on offense, another year to work together. I think that defensively they're going to still stay the same way where they're going to play man coverage and try to lock it down. I think it's better. than. I think Maryland wins
6: 42-24. Purdue minus seven hosting Oregon State.
4: Oh, I hate this one. Oh, I hate this one. The number is too know. big. I don't know what Oregon State even is. I haven't paid attention to the Beeves. I think Jonathan Smith's their coach, the former he quarterback is. there. I think is the he coach. is. Um, what's Brom have? They have a really good wide receiver and Bell. This doesn't doesn't matter. Um, I just saw they had somebody transfer over there. From what team? Oh, from uh, Indiana, Samson James, running back, four star kid, transferred over to Purdue because Purdue hasn't had anybody at tailback. Um, Purdue wins by 10. Same.
6: All right. Uh, this is Atlanta where the <laughs> players play. Alabama minus 19 and a half versus Miami. It's just a big number
3: is the deal. It's a big number. So Bama's, Bama's going to win the game. I, there's no doubt Bama's going to win the game. But does, can De'Ara King come up with enough? And he was dangerous for Miami last year. Uh, they've recruited at a decent level at Miami certainly not in the level that of the of the teams that we normally talk about but at a decent level. Um and I think that they will score a little bit. You going to doubt Saint Nick? No 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 no. Bama wins. 38. Miami 21. Ooh. Little cover
4: city for the Canes. Little cover city. Ooh. It's a big number, 19 and a half. big number. It's a big number you were about late, a late cover. Um, uh, I got to stick with my gut here. My gut says the tide win 42 21.
6: Indiana at Iowa Hawkeyes minus three.
4: Yeah, baby. Here we go. What's been interesting this week is the perspective you have from multiple coaches on how to treat last year, right? What is last year? Franklin wants to throw it away. Uh, Iowa seemed to capitalize as the season went on with six straight in a, in a row there. Indiana had a phenomenal season. And then you talk to Greg Sciano at Rutgers and he says, you know what, I, I just, I want to rain. I don't want to rain on the parade. But last year, we can't measure last year. I asked him, what is success? He goes, success is, can we win three, four, five games Can we win just four games this year? Can we win two conference games this year in a normal season with crowds? Almost understanding that the teams we faced last year are not going to be the same teams this year. We didn't get their best shots. We didn't get their best rosters. It's kind of leaked into my brain with Indiana. While I think they are good, and they're talented, and they're not the Indiana of old, I do think that Indiana goes back to losing three or four games. Give me the Hawkeyes. Hawkeyes win by ten. Yeah, this feels like an eleven-win team for parents.
3: Mm-hmm. And again, this is back with the heart for me, he right? Like Spencer a, Petrus, night and day from last yeah. year. I want to see Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. I want them to beat Iowa State in a couple of weeks. Chops! The bandwagon is fired up, buddy, for the Hawkeyes. Let's get it done. I'll take it. I'm excited. Chad Greenway bouncing around, excited.
6: That's that's the player. Okay. That's
3: my guy. Jack yeah, Greenway and Abdul Hodge. What are we talking Ricky about? Stanzi. Ricky Stanzi. Let's dude. go.
6: Well, Ricky Stanzi's the manzy. Everybody knows that. Louisiana. Who's,
3: their, uh, who's the guy uh, from the way back in the 80s? Chuck Long? There you go. Can I get a Chuck Long?
6: What, uh, Ronnie Harmon?
3: Little Ron Harmon? Come on. What do you need? Give me the Hawkeyes. Hawkeyes win. I think Hawkeyes win by 10. I think they're good. 31-21. Louisiana.
6: 24-14. <laughs> Louisiana, Texas. Texas minus eight.
3: Just a hunch, just a hunch. Herman recruited pretty well. Sark learned, in in my mind's eye, Sark learned from his lessons, the mistakes from various opportunities at Washington, at SC, under Saban, got his life in order. Bijan Robinson, freshman quarterback, Hudson Card, hook him, hook him. Thirty-eight, Louisiana, twenty-one.
4: Texas wins. Maybe. I'm taking Longhorns. 38. 35. Mm. A lot of people I know high on that Louisiana. A lot of people I know think that that's an upset. I don't know. I don't know. But Texas wins. Just a close one.
6: Game of the week likely out in Charlotte. Clemson minus three versus Georgia.
4: Uwe Ungalele? is that right?
6: Uwe ungalole. damn it!
4: U-we-unglele. U-we-unglele. Uwe Engelale, Uwe Engelale, right. Uwe Engelale, Uwe Engelale. This weekend, by I'll hear it night, enough I this will weekend. I'll know how to say it. it. Yeah. Uwe Engelale. For now, it's DJ and DJ and crew. Go DJ. That's my DJ. It's a old Bull Wayne song for you. Back <laughs> <I> apologize. college. <laughs> um, Clemson wins
3: by four. Yeah, I I think Clemson. I, I I understand what we did to them last year, but to me like they should be the favorite. I've seen enough of DJ from a year ago. Ross back. They're recruiting at incredible they've recruited a high level defensive line another year, linebackers back. Uh I got Clemson. I think Clemson wins by 7. Uh, I think it's a pretty good game though, 34-27 Clemson.
6: We got two more. LSU minus 3 at UCLA.
3: This one's brutal for me. That is- it's brutal. Because I do not trust Ed Ogeron, and nope. a little bit of momentum at UCLA last week. Do you trust, a little bit of momentum. Chippy, no. And I also understand that LSU might have two first-round corners uh, on their defense, and that their lines of scrimmage are going to be dominant, and that they will wear you out. So, despite my lack of trust for the offense, what LSU is going to do, I have less trust in Chip. And I know he hasn't recruited. I know he hasn't recruited. And I know he's going to be incredible at a disadvantage up front. So give me LSU to win
4: this one, uh, 31-21. And I doubt that there's a sellout at the, at the Rose Bowl. No. It's a night game. You saw the crowd week one. I think there'll be a lot of LSU people there. Quite possibly. Yeah.
3: That's 45 I, minutes from their campus. The idea that they haven't sorted that out is right. nuts.
4: LSU wins the game and I think they win looking averages grits on offense but they have they have a pick six or a sack fumble for a touchdown. Something defensively swings it for them. I think LSU wins by ten.
6: And last one for you. Notre Dame minus seven and a half at uh, Florida State.
4: Big number Marcus. This is a big number. Norvell knows what Marcus is going to try to do. Do you trust Jack Cohn to put up points? I can't go against my dude. Notre Dame wins by 10. I think Notre Dame's... I, you understand. You go look at Notre Dame's
3: roster and you go, oh, I see why that." there's some talk about them being a playoff team. Mm-hmm. I, I think, And I think Florida State, it's a long way back, man. It's a mm-hmm. long way back. I, I had boots on the ground, texted my boots on the ground in Tallahassee, said, any chance for cover? No, is all I got. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Notre Dame gets it done. Uh, 31-17, the Irish go down to Tallahassee and get a win. We will pick our game coming up at the end of the program. The stage is set for C.J. Stroud. You'll hear his coach on How He's Ready. It's coming up next. Bishop and is right here in The Fan.
0: Keeping you entertained with our vast selection of hot takes and play-by-play for over 25 years.
3: Proud to be your home of the Buckeyes,
0: The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Threes and Uncle Bo. If you know, you know. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis.
4: Bishop and Laurenitis right here on the fan, and it is game day. And if you don't have some kind of salsa on your delicious spread tonight, then I feel bad for you. You need to go out and get some ridiculously good salsa. And that is not just a broad statement, that's the actual name of the company. From a wonderful family here in Columbus. They make it. It's called Ridiculously Good Salsa. You can find it at Whole Foods, Wylands, the Hills Market, the Dublin Market, which will be on Saturday. And if you're out in Dublin, you can go there and catch some. That's where I usually get it. But put it on some taco meat. Go ahead and put it on some. I put it on white fish all the time. I put it on my eggs. They have mild, go. happy medium, and they have their high heat, which is pretty dang hot and delicious. So go ahead. It's game day. Ridiculously Good Salsa. You and I have
3: talked about the various matchups, and, and there's about a thousand things that are interesting in this game. But the headlines will be C.J. Stroud.
4: That's it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm actually going to get to watch it now because I'm not getting out of here until yeah. the morning, which is great. So <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit to back it. in the room. Yeah. And I'm going to, nice. you know, when is the last the time like you
3: had thing? a had a complete unobstructed evening of college football viewing on Ohio State
4: last year because of COVID? It was, it was a canceled game. I got this right, but watch the it. kids are around or like That's just true. In,
3: in solidarity. That's I true. mean.
4: Yeah, that's true. Or in solitude rather. I don't know that I mean that
3: I haven't had that in a long time yeah. in terms of just not yeah. having to not that it's a burden to play catch with the boys while the game's going on. I love it, but it, you know but Usually, it's hard to it, see
4: everything. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. That's it. No, it's been a long him. time. That's for sure. Yeah. Um all eyes will be on CJ. Um mm-hmm. not just for what it has meant in recent years to be the quarterback at Ohio State, i.e. first round pick in the NFL draft. That's because right. of who's behind him. Uh, because yep. of because of the amount of talent at receiver and up front. And if he goes, then this team will go along with him. And if he's great, this team's a national championship contender. If he's yep. not, they're still going to win every game they play in the Big Ten. They'll still go to the playoff, but maybe they come up a little bit short. So that's a lot on one kid. Everything that we're hearing is that he's ready for it. We'll find out tonight for sure. Here's Ryan Day on how C.J. is ready and prepared for the role
5: he's had good days, he's had bad days, but he's grown every day and he's come in, he has an edge, he wants to be really good. Um, he's very competitive and um and so now it's time to go put it on the field. You know, he's going to have to um, you know, work through all the things of being a quarterback like, you know, when, when to take care of the ball, when to cut your losses. Um, you know, he's going to get hit along the way. He's going to have to show toughness just like Justin did last year, you know, all the things that that will come along with playing and and he will. Uh, I, I think you know we all believe in him. I think the team believes in him, and, and we're all there to help him.
3: here's uh, that's your coach. Here is one of the guys who's going to be protecting him Nicholas Petit Ferrer speaking about CJ and his ability to command the
2: huddle. He's a great leader, you know um he's always works hard every single day he comes out here. Um, we're just very excited for us to have him as our quarterback right now, and um, he's taking that job in full stride just working every day, working hard, communicating with the offensive line, communicating with the running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, just overall has been a really good leader for our team.
3: Well, there you go, and it all gets put to the test tonight. Give me a couple of things you'll be looking for early to let you know, okay, we got one here.
4: Oh, well, I think I think early Ryan's going to try to get him quick passes, you know what I mean, quick slants, quick checkdowns, quick stuff to get him in a rhythm. Um The thing for me is, I want to see the first time he converts. Like, when you think you have a dude, is the first time he's converting on third and seven plus because it's not all going to be gravy where you're up in third and short and you have a full 50%. You know, hey, are they going to run or pass? What is it? It's balanced. When it's third and, you know what, it was second and five. All of a sudden you get stopped. Okay, it's third and five. All right, we got everything that's still available to us. We're in the plus territory. We have a chance to maybe kick a field goal or go for it. Who knows? Maybe it's two downs. Uh, all of a sudden, false start. Offense, damn. Now it's third and ten. The crowd's going crazy. It's louder. Justin Fields was incredible at, at converting third downs. Boy, wasn't he? Of situations. second and longs. And yeah. next thing you know, you, you're converting down in distances that are dang near impossible. Yeah. So... Another reason why I say that, most coordinators start to think, oh, new starter? Let me let me pull out all my new blitzes that they haven't seen us do. Let me pull them out on third and long. And there's a whole lot of, okay, usually in third and long people blitz. and Sometimes they play zone, you know, check it down, rally to it. Oh, I'm young, so I'm going to assume it's zone, okay? Down said hut. Oh, no, they're in man. Where am I going? Ah, bah, boom sack. You know, like how do you react to the third and ten? How do you react to the third and seven plus? Those are the down and distances that, that you're going to need to be impressed with. Because third and shorts are, like I said, that's a nightmare for a defense. But coach, we got to defend. Are they going to give it to Henderson? Are they going to do, I mean, crossing routes? Are they going to, we're, we're defending the whole damn playbook. But third and eight, third and nine, all right, here we go. Let's light them up. Let's light him up. Maybe let's do a double A gap mug and we drop out. Maybe next time we do it and we come. Let's try to get him thinking, pre-snap, and guessing. And that's when I'll really know that we got one. Is if he's converting, thir- converting third and longs, um, or better yet, if he's having an operating in third and because right. we don't need to, right? Then you think, okay, we got a dude.
3: Then you got a dude. You'll all find out tonight for the first time C.J. Stroud taking the field as a starting quarterback at Ohio State. It is not a football Friday. It is a game day Thursday. But on football Fridays, in this case, on game day thirties, Thursdays, we like to talk to Doug Lee Maurice. Maurice. Uh, is a tradition. We will do it coming up next. Fishman Laurinitis right here in the fan.
0: One, two, three. The Daily Coach Ryan Day Show is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse on The Fan, Ohio's sports destination.
6: This is the Daily Show with Coach Ryan Day brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glasses. you go into this season, certainly the depth you have at running back and wide receiver has to be great for a coach to have those to plan around.
5: Yeah, I, I think that both... You know, Hart and uh, and, and Tony Alfred have done a really good job recruiting in, in those um, those units. But but I also think that there's been a culture built there of excellence that guys want to come in and compete. You know, they're not guaranteed anything when they get here, other than the fact that. There's going to be other guys in that room who are really talented, and you know I don't see a lot of selfishness in those rooms, which is really important uh, when we talk about whether your unit is strong or not. And that's one of the things we look for. We certainly look for production and leadership and accountability, but but unselfishness is something that's very important, especially as we head into the season. And um, and so I think that although we have some really good depth there, we have some unselfish leaders. Okay, we'll have another comment in just a moment. Two legends, one
0: show.
3: Well, it's all a lie. This. All right, let's get smarter, kids. Let's talk to our good buddy, Doug LaMaurice, Cleveland.com on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Uh, This is a a unique one, Thursday night opener. A quarterback we haven't seen, Doug. Um, A standard that we really won't know if it's met until you get to the playoff, probably, as you look at the schedule. Oregon could be interesting, although I'm a little dubious to that. As you go into tonight's game, what are you interested to see first? Where will your eyes go first?
2: I want to see how they play offense. We we've had a lot of discussions on our Buckeye Talk podcast trying to figure out: is it basically what they did with Justin Fields? You know, some twelve personnel, little play action, downfield shot, run the ball, or could it be a little more like Dwayne Haskins in twenty eighteen, sort of point guard, bing bang boom, distribution? You know, guys kind of said no, it'll probably be the same. TJ Stroud isn't quite Justin Fields as an athlete. How much do they run the quarterback? How much do they do zone read? I'm just really curious how Ryan Day wants the offense to function. I think there's a lot of different ways they can go. They have a great offensive line. They have the two best receivers in college football. They have a great tight end. They have a potential in the run game and a quarterback, I think, who's going to do what they need to do. I just don't know exactly what they're going to ask him to do, and I can't wait to see that in the first couple drives.
4: Doug, I was, I was texting with Bo um, last night, and we talked about it earlier on the show, I did not realize through last year how historically bad our pass defense was, and the points per game being the worst in Ohio State history. Um, yeah. Now there's a 480 yard passing game against Indiana in there, and Alabama did their fair share. Uh, but I'm wondering, what what are your? Is that where you're looking defensively? Is it the secondary? Is it the just the back seven in general, with with obviously brand new linebackers? What what is it defensively? And look, we could win this game by 17 points and still have questions defensively, right? I'm just what what are you specifically looking at on that side of the football?
2: Yeah, I think it is the secondary. You know, I mean, the stats are hard last year because got some of the non-conference games canceled. You got some of the lower-level Big Ten games canceled, so that made the 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 bad games stand out even more. But I do think Minnesota might have enough in the past game to give the secondary a pretty decent test. Are we going to see more like 2019 Tanner Morgan, or are we going to see more 2020? Now we had Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson in 2019, but I think they have some talent at receiver. You know, Chris Ottman-Bell's like a real dude. They have Dylan Wright, who's a former top 100 recruit transfer from Texas A&M. Daniel Jackson was another pretty highly ranked recruit for them. If, if, If those guys pop at all, and they get the ball out of Morgan's hands with some of his RPO stuff, the quick slants over the middle, I think we will get a read on seven Banks and Cam Brown and Marcus Williamson and Lathan Ransom and Cam Martinez and Josh Proctor, and we need that, right? Now, now the question is, as Bo kind of said, well, who's really going to test them? Where else is the secondary really going to get tested in the regular season? This might be one of the better passing attacks they face until the playoffs if Tanner Morgan kind of gets back to what he was. But I do think this will be a good enough look that I think they'll get it out of Morgan's hands quickly. I don't know that that the pass rush will have a ton of time to get home, but if they're letting some of these quick slants get out of the house, um, that's going to be an issue. So I I think we will get a read on the secondary, and that's where I'll be looking.
3: Doug, obviously, C.J. Stroud coming into this one. It's such a unique circumstance, isn't it? Uh, not only from the standpoint of we really haven't seen him play. You've been around him more than we have in, in terms of some of the limited availabilities. But even with COVID last year, you weren't able to really talk to anybody, certainly not be able to be in the same room. We haven't really seen the kid play. We have spring, but who knows about spring? You factor into that, uh, uh, the people behind him in many instances, and certainly with Quinn Ewers, are more well-known than he is. Um what do you make of, of the kid as, as you talk to people around the program and, and what you've observed? What, what do you expect in terms of his demeanor tonight?
2: Yeah, and you're, you're right. It is just harder to get a read. I, I can remember, I still have like a very vivid memory of talking to J.T. Barrett like his freshman year when he was yeah. out redshirting with the knee injury and just getting a feel for J.T. Barrett. That When he was kind of thrown in at 14, it was like, well, we haven't seen this guy play, but you've got a feel for what kind of dude this is. I think also you throw in the fact that CJ was a late riser in the recruiting process. It wasn't like he was committed for two years and that you really had a million different, you know, opportunities to know him as a recruit. So, you know, it's, it's what Ryan Day wants, right? Calm, poised, get the ball to the playmakers, point guard kind of stuff, make good decisions. He seems really calm and poised. And then the ball, I still just think the ball just kind of comes out of his hand real nice. It just jumps a little bit when it comes out. So, He's got to hit the stuff that's there. Chris Olave is going to get open deep tonight. Will he hit him? You know, Justin Fields hit Chris Olave deep almost every time he was open. Garrett Wilson's going to torch some people over the middle on some stuff. Will CJ hit all of them? Justin was so accurate so quickly, the bar is really high. And I think it's just, I think we all need to make sure we don't try to hold early CJ Stroud to the early Justin Fields bar because what Justin did in 2019 is amazing. But I don't think there is any reason to expect that this guy won't handle it, right? I think he'll handle it, but I am really curious to get a read on what he's like running the offense.
4: Yeah, Doug, don't you don't you expect a long leash with CJ? I mean, I don't. I get the sense that if Ryan picked him, he believes in him. Um, Worst case scenario, two picks in the first half, and you are tied at half. I don't see a scenario for one. That's where we are. But two, that there would be any performance driven to where you say you have to pull him right? Like, do you get the feel that this is CJ for the full year?
2: Uh, for the full year. I mean, I I wouldn't guarantee that, but I still would agree with the idea of long leash. Like you would have to get, I think a read that like, this is, this is definitely not it. You know, like if Oregon would really go South in a sustained way and I'm not at all. I mean, I'm certainly not expecting that, but you do have enough talent in this room, right? That, um, you never know. And it's hard with CJ. It's like every night, like sometimes you want to lump them with Bryce Young and DJ Uyungle because they were the three yeah. top quarterbacks in the class of 2020. But yet Bryce and DJ were both like, no doubt about it, five stars. There's a little gap to CJ and he was kind of a late riser. So I don't think he's quite that. So again, it's, it's hard to get a read sort of on CJ's natural talent. But mm-hmm. if, if he can't, if, if he looks like he's not handling the pressure long term, then you've got to do something. But, I think, yes, still long leash, at least through the first six weeks of the season.
3: Doug, okay, I always come back to Alave came back. He had to see something. He had to see something with him. I mean, it, he could have been, a, he'd be in the NFL right now. He'd either be a late one or an early two. He had to have seen something in CJ that led him to believe, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to be just fine. I'm going to put up numbers. And that, I, I got a lot of confidence in, in him, uh, in, in him, him being good. We, we talked to this off the top of the show. And I, and I'm curious your, your kind of view on this, because this changed a lot since, certainly since you've been covering the team, since I've been covering the team, since James played. There is no peer in the conference. There's, there's really not anybody close from a talent standpoint. So you have this job when you cover this team of, I do it, I take this approach anyway, is I'm interested, I want to see what Clemson's going to do this weekend. I want to see what Bama's going to do. I want to see what George is going to do. Those are the peers. So, when you hold this team and put it under a microscope and try to break down what happens week to week, what is your approach to doing it?
2: Oh, yeah. No, I've been doing that for a long time. Everything yeah. is like, oh, cool, they beat Rutgers. Would that beat Bama? Yeah. Oh, cool, they beat Purdue. Would that beat Bama? You know, I'm, I'm watching tonight to see if I think Seven Banks and Cam Brown and Layton Ransom can hold up against Spencer Rattler. Like, that's front of the mind. That's not like, oh, we'll see. That's like, okay, imagine if Spencer Rattler was doing this instead of Tanner Morgan. And then you're watching the offense and saying, like, okay, imagine that's Georgia's defense or Alabama's defense instead of Minnesota's defense. I don't know if that's unfair, but it's the standard they've set for themselves that that is the deal. That is absolutely the deal, and I just don't. Again, you know, I think Oregon, Oregon's got some guys defensively, so I think C.J. and that offense will get a test in Week 2. But I don't know when the Ohio State defense is really, really going to get tested because I don't know that Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy will do it. I don't know that Sean Clifford will do it. You know, I just I just think that, yeah, you're always thinking about playoff-level stuff because that's the standard they've set.
4: Yeah, and Doug, real quick out of me, I'm, I'm wondering, tomorrow morning when you wake up, what is the headline between these two, between C.J. Stroud? Is it Stroud's impress, or is it Travion Henderson is the star of the show for the offense? Which one of those guys do you think is on the headlines tomorrow?
2: I think it's probably C.J. I mean, if you're trying to read between the lines with with Ryan Day on how much Travion Henderson might play, sort of indicating, well, we'll probably start off with the older guys. You know, I might just put Travion Henderson in from the first snap, like J.K. Dobbins got his first game, but Mike Weber was hurt also and just let Travion go, because I think Travion's going to be the guy, by the end of the year, you need a running back that can get you over the top. And I think in this room, that's Travion Henderson. But they can get through the Big Ten with anybody in that running back room. So I get it that they're going to ease them in, but that's another thing I'm really curious about, how much does Travion Henderson play? But I do think in the end, it's going to be C.J. Stroud running this offense that we're going to be talking about tomorrow. Doug, you're the
3: best, bud. Thanks for your time.
2: Thanks, fellas. Talk to you soon.
3: All right, great friend Doug Maurice Cleveland.com, joining us on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Three things to a Buckeye victory and our score predictions coming up next. Bishop and right here on The Fan.
0: Sports conversation and sometimes pure stupidity. Awesome, funny, random. Your home of the Buckeyes, the fan, Ohio sports destination. Well dressed, well spoken, but never ever
3: a well drink. About chaos, insanity.
0: absolute insanity. You are listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis.
3: One other thing, real quickly here. Congratulations,
4: Jordan Fuller, captain of the Rams. There we go. Nice job, Buckeyes. Yeah, very. You know cool. what's awesome?
3: Getting to wear that four.
4: Well, that yeah, yeah is awesome. Is when you get a knock on your hotel door. Um, this just last segment. Yeah, and it's a New Jersey police officer, and they oh. say, "Hey, don't know if you heard, but we're evacuating the hotel. They're cutting the oh. power to this hotel in an hour because well, of the flooding." <laughs> oh, well, okay. Guess you'll have to find another place to watch the game. I just emailed. Uh, Fight me. Big Ten Network and say, why don't you just get me a hotel at the airport? I got a 610 flight anyway, so that makes better sense. Jeez. We'll see if that happens. Anyway. Godspeed, brother. All right. You know what else is great? When you see that there are are people with their kids walking on, like, you know, the divider between highways, like the Uh concrete divider, as water is literally probably, looks like two inches, three inches below that and rising. And they're walking, they're like five year olds across it, like it's a cool stroll. No. No. People, that water is moving. Oh, no. Anyway. Uh, anyway. the, all right, let's uh,
3: let's let's go. Th- yeah, three things to a Buckeye victory. Hit it, Chops. One, two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurinaitis. Oh, you love it. You love it. Number one for me, Travion Henderson. I've heard whispers about this kid all camp. He's it. a real one. He's, a, he's the deal. It reminds me very much of what people were saying about Dobbins early in his camp, that there's just something different about him. I want to see the difference tonight. Let's see how special the kid is. Let's do it. My hunch is he's very special.
4: Yep. Yep, yep. My first thing, um, I'm going to say keep Muhammad Ibrahim contained. Understand that he's a physical runner. He'll probably get anywhere from 75 to 100 yards. That's not threatening enough because they're going to give it to him a bunch. If you keep him under three, four yards per carry – all that play action, RPO stuff to Otman Bell it doesn't exist. So just keep him bottled up. Don't sweat the three, four-yard gains, but don't give up any explosives on the ground.
6: I was thinking of this one before we had Taraja Mitchell and him talking about playing with the crowd, but handle the crowd. The, lots of these guys haven't played in front of a crowd. You know, C.J. Stroud hasn't played in front of a crowd. He's never even thrown a pass in a college game, and now there's a an opposing crowd where the tailgate lots have opened up It. 2 p.m. According to our guest earlier on the show, so just handle the crowd, stay within yourself. It's going to be cool. It's going to be a fun experience, but don't let it get into your head. If anything gets weird, you know, with the Minnesota crowd getting a little loud. Number two
3: for me, uh, kind of on your Mo Ibrahim talk, the Minnesota offense. Who, who exactly is our back seven? Who yeah. are you? The, the who song? I, I, I look forward. I, you've heard these names for a long time, but we've had Werner and Borland. It seems like for a decade. So who are these guys that are stepping up? Who are going to emerge as leaders? Who's the dude? These are positions of incredible historic importance at this program. And you're going to get tested tonight. I'm very curious. There's so many names bandied about in terms of that back seven. Who are the ones who step up tonight? I'm very interested to see what that looks like.
4: It's no secret that Minnesota's defense struggled last year. And so I just put on their abuse their secondary. Abuse their secondary. Yeah. It's it's going to be a tough day for their safeties. I can't imagine trying to play safety and trying to help support the run fits uh, with Henderson coming through in our gigantic offensive line, mixed in with the play-action pass and having to have good eyes as Olave runs those you know deep posts and, and, and goes. So just abuse them. They're not very talented in the secondary. Durr is a good player, but they got one. They got one you can name, and we got about six wideouts and an elite tight end that we can name.
6: You guys have both mentioned the run game. My one here is don't worry about balancing the carries. and This can kind of extend to the whole season. If one of the guys has it going, just let it roll. The, the switching of series they did a little bit last year, I was never a huge fan of. So whoever it is, Master Teague, Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, doesn't matter. But if that guy's going, don't feel like you have to sub in the next guy to get him some touches. Just let that guy roll.
3: Number three for me, CJ, let it fly, brother. Let it fly, man. Let it go. You've trained for this your whole life. You've been prepared for this. This is the best receiver room we've ever had. Take advantage, brother. Take mm. advantage. Spin it. Mm. Get him in position. Let him make things happen. It's a yeah. stunning collection of talent. Absolutely stunning. Uh, but it, but it's going to be on CJ number seven to make it happen. I think he will. I think he has a big one.
4: My last thing, and and this is when you think about playing on the road, you think about the environment. Chops mentioned the crowd noise, the excitement. How do you negate all that? Right? How do you negate all that? Well, obviously you have success. You have three and outs, all that stuff. But the way you actually add fuel to that fire is you do something dumb and turn the ball over. Ball security in all phases. Ball security. That's, That's punt returns, kick returns, all on offense. That's CJ, it's Henderson, it's Teague, everybody. If you don't turn the football over in games like this where there's upsets, then there's, there's no chance for that, right? There's no chance for Minnesota winning if you don't give them the football on short field. So just take care of the football, ball security. Don't try to do too much, and the Buckeyes will roll out of there with a comfortable victory.
6: Similar to that, assignments. No unnecessary lapses. I don't want the Gophers hanging around because they reach into their bag of tricks, a la Rutgers. Last year, they get a return TD, something like that. Play sound and stay on your assignments throughout the game. I like this because I get to throw out my score first, so you guys can't claim that I'm stealing it. (laughs) OSU 42, Minnesota 17.
3: Uh, Go ahead, Threes.
4: What do you got? How do you got it? I got OSU 49, Minnesota
3: 21. Oh, come on. We're all so close. I got it 49-24. I think we all kind of see it in a similar way. I can't wait to yep. see it and listen to it right here on The Fan. Man and Bone coming up next. Keep it locked on The Fan all day long. We're back tomorrow to break it all down. Bishop and Lorne, right here on The Fan. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo
0: fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every
6: time.